Ladies and gentlemen, thank you so much for tuning in to the Big Honker Podcast. We have got an epic giveaway going on to end this summer. So here it is. Four people, two days out here at the Big Honker Lodge. In January, you can goose or crane hunt. Uh, Pacific Calls is giving away a call. Dive Bomb Industries giving away some decoys. Boss Shot Shells giving away a case, which if you know the uh, shotgun shell market right now, that is worth more than gold. Dirty Duck Coffee is giving away a little bit of coffee. Lucky Duck's giving away a spinner. Gun Dog Outdoors, you're going to get a uh, field trauma kit, some bumpers, and Bangtail Whiskey is sending some whiskey for you. To enter, all you have to do is leave a review on iTunes. It's going to be like a, uh, a point system. Each thing that you do gets you an entry into our giveaway. So you can leave a review on iTunes. That'll be worth an entry. And uh, just share our podcast on social media. You can screenshot that you're listening to the episode, post it to your Instagram story. Be sure to tag us, Andy underscore Shaver or Stanfield 68 on Instagram. And uh, if you share anything of our episode on Facebook with your friends, tag us. That way we know that this is an entry into the giveaway. So that's how we're going to do it. Leave a review on iTunes. That's all going to be worth an entry. And then anytime you share our podcast on any form of social media that we have, Instagram, Facebook, and tag us, that's going to be an entry. And then we will pick a winner Labor Day, September 6th. So we hope that everybody participates because it is going to be here before we know it. Hunting season is just right around the corner. We could not be more excited. This podcast is brought to you by the boys up in uh, Spoke Compton, Washington, Pacific Calls. Listen, what better way to bring in a new waterfowl season than to get a new goose or duck call? We got a promo code, BHP25. will save you 25% off of your order. Tell you what, it's one of my favorite things to do. New hunting season, you got to get a new call. They have totally redesigned the 206 Made the uh, made the insert a little bit longer, so it's a little bit more user friendly, but it doesn't sacrifice anything. So uh, you can look at that online, or I still say that the PCD is the best duck call that is on the market today. Not even close, hands down, winner PCD. So go check them out at PacificCustomCalls.com, and uh, you know while you're at it, maybe get you a world famous T-shirt. This podcast is also brought to you by Shin Gear Waders. They have taken the waiter market by storm. These waders are built better to last longer. It is a tough, durable nylon material that stands up to those, uh, those pesky little branches that you seem to find at 4 o'clock in the morning and puts a big asshole in your waders. So um, these are more durable, a lot more durable than that uh, polyester. And it is backed by their guarantee that they will stand behind these waders for as long as you will stand in them. So if you do rip them, you do get a hole in them, something's coming apart, you send them back to the folks over at Shin Gear, they'll patch them and they'll get them right back out to you in a timely manner. The customer is their number one priority, and that's refreshing to see. Go check them out, shingear.com. If you're tired of having to buy a new pair of waders every year or two, you can get these, you can be done with it, and you can see why these are built better. Uh, we're also brought to you by Dive Bomb Industries. Jeez, they've got more products. They've got a uh, new layout chair coming out. They've got new flag coming out. That's the one I'm looking forward to because I have had hell finding a, a goose flag that uh, can stand up to seven days of use. So, um, And also, Dive Bomb is coming out with a brand new pose, a new speckle belly pose, a V2 uh, alternate pose. And it's going to kind of show 
that uh, those those lighter colored breast feathers, and it'll add a nice contrast and a nice pop to your decoy spread this fall. They're really a one-stop shop whenever it comes to uh, silhouettes and floaters. Like I said, be looking out for some of the other stuff they got coming out. That's at divebombindustries.com. We're also brought to you by Boss Shot Shells. Bismuth is the way to go. It's back in style. Ship straight to your door. No middleman. It's Dad's final rest in pace. We dropped <laughs> we dropped Dad off with Brandon and uh, Zach, and he's going to be loaded up in some shotgun shells, and we'll be shooting around here this next couple of years. I don't know if I'm gonna shoot mine. Well, depends on how much. Depends on how far Ron goes. Dad's dream was to be shot in shotgun shells, so he's and now that. he's got it with the, the guys over you can at, have. at Boss Shot Shells. They've got a simple approach: make a great shotgun shell that hits hard and has a clean kill. So go check them out at BossShotShells.com. Also, we're brought to you by Dirty Duck Coffee. It's the only way that I start my morning every single morning, especially here when I'm running on little sleep at the Big Honker Lodge. We've got a new blend out, the Missouri Boat Ride. They've got a high velocity. They've got good-looking merchandise. So head over to DirtyDuckCoffee.com. Get what you're going to need for those little pick-me-ups. Be shot out of a cannon with a cup of the duck. Also, we're brought to you by Lucky Duck, best blind on the market. Now they've got a big boy dog crate. For big dogs like Lou. Five-star crash test rated. They've also got fan system that you can put on this crate and keep your dog cool in the summertime. Constantly innovating over there at Lucky Duck. Uh, like I said, they've already got the best blind that's on the market with the uh, Lucky Duck 2x4. You can fit four grown men. Tops come together real nice. And uh, spinners. Can't beat them. Go check them out. LuckyDuck.com. We're also brought to you by Gundog Outdoors. New bumpers are out. I'm getting my dog in shape right now. Go buy the first aid kit. Everybody needs to have a first aid kit with them. Keep one in your truck. Keep one in your blind. When you need it, you need it. The times you don't need it, that's a great day. But when you do need it, you can sure make your day a little better by having one. If you're a hunting guide, you should carry one in your in your in your vehicle bag. or in your blind bag. I agree with you. I mean, so. you need to carry a couple, like you said, one in your pickup, one in your blind bag for when you're out in the out in the spread. But the, you just don't know what's going to happen, and you need to be prepared for everything. This uh, safety kit got a lot of cool features, so. Go check them out at Gun Dog Outdoors. And if you've got a fat dog like I got a fat dog named Lou, they got uh, new bumpers out right now. And they're nice, too. They're nice and soft. They got a nice weight to them. You can throw them a long way. You working with Lou tonight again? Or is it just a one-night deal? <laughs> we'll see how it goes. GunDogOutdoors.com. We're also brought to you by Goose Creek Retrievers. Speaking of gun dogs, Matt Peel, he's on a circuit right now. He is just going to all the hunt tests. I think he's killing it at most of them. He's, uh, he's putting out a lot of great dogs right now. He's, uh, he's a hell of a dog trainer. If you've got any questions about your hunting dog for this coming season, if you've hit a sticking point and you need a professional, I would highly recommend you check out Matt Peel at Goose Creek Retrievers. You can check him out online. Uh, Instagram is Goose Creek Retrievers, or uh, you can just find Matt Peel. Shoot man, him a message. and The man works you. hard and loves the animals. He does. And that's what you want in a dog trainer. He is living the dream, baby, living the dream. <clears throat> so go check them out at Goose Creek Retrievers. We're also brought to you by the Looking Glass Duck Club podcast. Logan and Rebel, y'all put enough pressure on them. They're recording episodes. They're up on Patreon right now. So uh, you can subscribe to their Patreon account. Uh, it's a small monthly fee, and you can get the bourbon reviews are free to everybody, but you can, you'll can you be uh, allowed access to listen to all the shenanigans going on over there at uh, the Cheek Beater Studios. They put on a great podcast, so go check them out. Looking Glass Duck Club. East Texas Rebel and Fanboy Logan. <laughs> 
Uh, we're also brought to you by Bangtail Whiskey. They ship whiskey straight to your door. It is a beautiful whiskey that I have enjoyed all summer long. I make my whiskey sours out of it. Did you see who Brandon Bing was with this weekend? Who? John Daly. John Daly. John Daly huh? sitting at the bar with him. Having him a bangtail. Was he really? Yeah. John, well, I don't know if John had bangtail because I don't know if he's on the bottle or not. But John looks like he's had lots of good days. So yeah. Brandon Bing is meeting some really cool people and getting to hang out with some people like that. So pretty cool. Well, that's cool. I know I, I, you look on uh, you look online and bangtail's kind of taking off everywhere. So check them out if they're at your uh, local liquor store, Bangtail Whiskey. It is a, it's a very good whiskey, and I cannot recommend it enough. So go check them out, bangtailwhiskey.com. This podcast finally brought to you by iSight Drones, which we have pipeline inspections, wind turbine inspections, well pad inspections, power line inspections, solar panel inspections. So if you have anything in the outdoor business, outdoor stuff, oil related, construction, farming, they can take care of you. They support drain tile survey, do stand counts, ranch land inspections, severe weather inspections, livestock counts, and watershed mapping. Folks, it's 2021, and drones are part of our world. Eyesight drones can do it all. Construction, farming, ranching, oil, every industry can use it. It's so much easier and quicker, and they can get stuff done. They can do 3D modeling, volumetrics, aerial site mapping, and job site monitoring, and that's Eyesight Drones, and that's EyesightDrones.com. We're also brought to you, last but not least, we're brought to you by Stanfield Hunting Outfitters. If you want dates with us, you better call in a hurry because the little bit of time that I had before we started rolling on this podcast, the phones have been ringing off the hook. So it is not going to be long and we're going to be just about booked up. So we've got some dove dates available and uh, a couple weekdays for goose hunting. So look us up, Stanfield Hunting Outfitters, or you can call us 940-658-3172. All right, ladies and gentlemen, this episode of the podcast, we are joined by the king of Texas dove hunting Mr. Rustin Morgan from Dry Creek Outfitters. Uh, dove season is right around the corner here. Just a couple days away, and uh, we get him on here. He gives his outlook on what he thinks this dove season is supposed to look like. And, uh, yeah, we got a couple cool stories in there, so we hope to enjoy it. Here he is, Rustin Morgan. Welcome to the Big Honker Podcast, brought to you by Boss Shot Shells. I am Jeff Stanfield with the world-famous Andy Shaver. You finally got that right after three years. Instead of saying Boss Ammo or Boss... Boss Ammo, Boss Bismuth, Boss Shells. I'm worried about what's happening in your household at your house. Why? Well, yesterday at the pool, you and your wife were trying to... uh, What's the word I'm looking for here? Trying to figure out some alone time, it seemed like. Mm-mm. And you've got this in your son, your oldest son's, and your oldest son tells me and my wife, or your mother, do y'all just need some alone time, Dad? That's what he said yesterday. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Correct. And he's six. That's 
I just I'm kind of worried about this, this that? generation. That's just not normal, Andy. To a six year old to know you need some alone time. Well, he doesn't know what alone time is, so. Well, I don't know why you to, needed a to, whole night. So let's be him, honest with you. Like ten minutes was probably enough. Alone to time. him, alone time could be watching TV, which is probably what it is to him. Well, it's probably what Netflix. the majority of your night was too. Yeah, we watch a lot of Netflix. <laughs> I just thought that was kind of uh, funny when he asked that. He's a caring kid. Listen, well, I'm not raising a cock block, Jeff. I think what you did though is you was like, "Hey, when you go over to Judge and Shells tonight, you need to tell him see if he can spend the night tonight." Because you were on the phone with us earlier asking about that. So I just was, anyways, I've just got some concerns. Yes, because all along it's been Sunday is going to be Cousins Camp. Mm-hmm. So when you tell a six-year-old that, that Sunday is going to be Cousins Camp, what, what, what question do you think that you're going to get? Should when mom, am I going to go over? Should mom be wearing lingerie tonight? <laughs> That's all that I've heard for fucking three days is when is Cousins Camp going to be? Okay. Well. And it's going to be Sunday. It's going to be Sunday. It's going to be Sunday. And then yesterday came around, and it wasn't Sunday. It wasn't going to be Cousins Camp's not, not to be. So you get to deal with that fire there, Hefe. Well, I did. They were there last night. Okay. Anyways, our guest today is Rustin Morgan from Dry Creek Outfitters, friend of mine. Rustin, how are you doing? Good. How are you doing? doing I'm, glad, good. I'm glad you carried on enough with that and marginalized poor Rustin here. It's we'll supposed to be all be, about uh, him, and you fucking, you've, you've stolen the spotlight, well, be, Jeff. Before we proceed, can you explain what a cousin camp is? Something mom came up with. Dylan and the boys are at the house, and so when the cousins come to our house, she calls it the last cousin camp of twenty this summer. You know, last summer went from March till fucking September, so this one's a little bit shorter. But it was the last time the cousins they all got to hang out at the house last night. We went and got Dylan. She spent the night, and they're going to spend the night again tonight. I just thought it was kind of awkward that uh, Reese at six has looked at his mom and dad and said, "Do y'all need some alone time?" I mean, I was like, he's a perceptive little kid. <laughs> I was like, I laughed, and he's a good wingman. I guess he's a good wingman. Apparently, looking out for his daddy. Yeah, you know, I'm not raising a well, cock his, block here. his dad didn't need no twelve hours. I can guarantee you that. <laughs> <laughs> then we found out the funny part was then in conversation last night he spent the night the night before with his other grandparents. So we may be getting a third grandson out of this someday. No, oh boy, yeah, I guess no. So, Rustin is the Dove King of Texas, probably of the United States, is what I would guess. I guess you'd probably do more dove hunts than anybody outside of, within the interior of the United States of America. Uh, we run pretty big volume, yeah. You do, and you, you're blessed to be where you hunt at. No lots doubt. Lots and lots no of doubt. birds, a big city around Wichita Falls. Right, not too far from the airport in Dallas, in DFW, hour and a half. But now, y'all kill a lot. Do you still see the collared doves like you did last year? Uh, last year there were actually probably the worst year we'd ever had for collared dove. Uh, as far as, uh, I would say probably more now than we've had in a few years. I don't know if that's because we've been working them over or what, but, uh, you know, when I first started, that was the majority of what we had if we hunted anything close to town. Uh, a lot of white wings, a lot of local birds. Uh, that's why I'm interested to see what, uh, the freeze in February, you know, kind of shows us with, I mean, Found a lot of dead dove in town whenever it dropped below 10 degrees outside for seven days. Are you worried about the north winds we're already starting to have? Because we this is be our third or fourth. We've had, a, we've had north winds since middle of July now, every 10 days or 12 days, and that's very unusual for us. I know in, I know in years past, I've never seen – I've never seen teal here this early. And um, there are teal here, too. Yeah, you seen, had a picture of them, and Zach told me he had some at Throckmorton. Yeah. I've seen pears mowing fields for dove. You know, I've never seen 35 on a pond before, ever. Never, never this early, anyways. 
Yeah, there's starting to be a we we're definitely seeing a change of the season already. I I noticed that our weather pattern is going to be we're supposed to be 82 degrees for a high on Wednesday, I believe. 84 maybe. Andy's scoffing over here like he always fucking does. We're going to look. Okay. <laughs> What's new? 88. What is it on Tuesday? See, a little off. 91. 93, 95, 95, 97, 99, 97. Your weather's Are they getting all your corn and stuff out? All your your crops cutting? They're they're cutting them right now. But we got a chance of rain, which... We don't need that. You know, we'll see what the Okay, my forecast is 86. 50% chance of rain, 50% chance of rain, and 40%. Why do you always argue with me? Because I don't like to lose. Whole two degrees. (laughs) You always argue with me. That's closer than fucking what he said. (laughs) He's just always a dick to me, Andy. So, anyways, I got to get him my son. So... The, you're seeing you've got as many collar doves this year as you've seen in the past. Yeah, probably I would say so so far. Uh, but you know, I have a lot of I have a lot of wheat, a lot of grain that we're putting on the ground within city limits. You know, that's just large enough to hunt. Uh, you know, seventy five acres. I think if it's more than eight acres and inside city limits, you can legally hunt it. Uh, this seventy five really? acre wheat field. I didn't know that. And uh, we started mowing. I don't know about three or four days ago, and uh, there's a bunch of collar dove in there. For Do you sure. get a lot of complaints in town. It's got to be a pain in the ass. Yeah, it's actually right next to an old people's home Oof. south of town. And, uh, yeah, you would not believe the amount. We always get visited, that's for sure. We we have one place that, that, that changed farmers on us. Thank it's God. right here at Knox City. And we had another farm that that that's even closer to town than this one. I mean, it butts up to all the houses. And I thought about it, and I thought, you know what? It's not worth it. Because all it causes is, and that's in a town of a thousand people. I can't imagine Wichita Falls all. Because I'm dealing with, I know everybody I've got to deal with here, and they're still going to call. And, you know, I'm like, Tim, just call me if you got a problem, and I'll <clears> fix it. But you've got to be, a, in Wichita Falls, it's got to be calls all fucking day long. It causes a lot of strife for sure. And uh, there's, you know, there's already people that are local that aren't real fans of what you're doing to begin with, you know, because, uh, you know, everybody's got their own issues with outfitters and all that. But, and you're killing the bird of peace. So if it's over yeah. eight acres in city limits, you can hunt it. Don't don't mark me on eight acres, but it's but eight it's to twelve something. somewhere in there. Right. Yeah. Each town is different. It's yeah. a city ordinance deal. Yeah, we I think I actually think it's state law. If you're if you're inside inside city limits, as long as it exceeds a certain amount of acreage. Right. Uh, now, obviously, you can't. You know, your pellets can't go across a boundary right. or or land on top of somebody's house or. Uh, hit somebody's car in a parking lot, which is right. what we've had issues. You know, a lot of those people that come and shoot those collar dove, they want to shoot high-velocity Rios, you know. And uh, people get tickets for shooting over boundaries and, and they should. cars. And that's what – I don't know if that's how it is with – but, like, we – this place Jeff was talking about, we would stress to the guys, if you shoot behind this line, the game warden's going to come out and you're going to get a ticket. 100 fucking percent. Don't it's not going to be if ands or buts. Yeah. If you pepper their house, they're calling the game warden, and, and 70, I promise you, you're getting a ticket. And they still do seventy five percent of them will still do it. Fuck yeah, they don't pay attention. It just blows my mind. And like yeah. this place, like it wasn't even an invisible like you know some some places out here have like a hot wire fence and right. that's the boundary. Right. This was a fucking tree grove, and it was like don't shoot that way towards the trees. Yeah. Well, you would think that too with an apartment complex right right, right by, but they yeah. still they still shoot towards it and still get the law called, you know. The but, funny the funny thing is one of the guys that works for Baker Chemical out here, he called me, he said, "Hey, you guys just peppered my truck." I'm like, "Fuck." You know, there's a third call already on shit. I said, "I'll be out there in a minute." He said, "I'm not worried. I'm just going to let you know." He said, "Somebody else would have bitched and complained." He said, "I'm not complaining. I just wanted to let you know." 
But I thought, God dang, then you go after them guys. Well, oh, it wasn't us. Wasn't Do you see any other fucking hunters anywhere? You're the only people within 10 miles of this place that's hunting. And it this, is y'all. And this guy was, like, back towards town. Yeah. So it's just like, Jesus Christ, there's six houses right next to him that the, you could have The best part, though, is the, the, the some people bought a really nice home right next to this place. And the first morning we go out there and we're dropping hunters off and it's six fifteen in the morning or whatever. It's still dark, right? And you and you hear her dogs, all these little dogs yapping and shit, and you hear her hush, 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 hush. And then you get everybody set up and you come back to him, pow, pow, you motherfuckers. <laughs> She's cussing and scatting and shit. Like, you know what, ma'am? You bought a house in the country. It's legal what they're doing. Yeah, that's the, way, that's the way I see it, and that's always kind of, you know, I've been confronted every year. I get confronted by somebody, a local, down the road, whatever, pull up and, you know, try and tell me that I'm not doing what I should be or supposed to be doing, and I guess you take that up with the game warden if you'd like. Called capitalism. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, and yeah. I mean, take it, like you said, call a game warden and we'll work it out here. Yeah, if they find they're doing something wrong, then they'll get. A I ticket used to be, I used to be overly paranoid about you know people's opinions and what they thought about what my people were doing. But at some point, you got to just sit back and understand that people are going to do what they do and be themselves, and you're not responsible for it. You can lay the ground rules and yeah. provide a place to hunt, take their money, and you know do the best you can. But oh, there comes a time in life where your give a shit or just don't fucking work. I learned that from my friend Jeff actually yeah. <laughs> not too long ago. It's good. It's a good a good habit to have. Take care of your own and. Don't worry about shit you can't control. Yeah, I've worked on that. Uh, Who's that? Are you in trouble, Jeff? That sounds like a bill collector. Ain't no bill collector. <laughs> Are they coming to take the lodge again? Again. <laughs> and some lady wanted to pay a bill for somebody. Oh. So good. I'll call her in a minute and collect some money. There's some money right there. Um, anyways, uh, what I was going to get into before Andy was such a net jackass as usual. Uh, the collar dove deal. I wondered how that was going to work because they're a new species. We haven't had them here for 20 years, and they're getting more and more. And y'all have all all the big metropolitan areas have a lot more of them. My question is, if you shoot a shitload of them one year, do they bounce back the next year? I, I don't think they do. Uh, a lot of these birds, you know, you're watching them, you know, throughout the year being raised in Wichita Falls. I mean, we, we shoot these dove and. When we clean them, you know, we clean all the collar doves. Don't legally have to, but we do. Uh, they taste just as good as any other. But we clean all those birds, and they have dog food in their crawls, cat food in their crawls. I mean, they're a city-raised dove. And, uh, I mean, you, there's no way, I mean, yeah, you have good hatch years, bad hatch years, but there's no way you can, vent, can convince me that we're not doing some sort of damage. I mean, I know there's years we'll shoot a couple thousand in the field that I'm talking about south of town. And then the next year, you know, you shoot white wings and a few collared dove and then it just, it just come and go. I don't think they migrate much at all. They, we, we've talked about this before and we talked about this with the bird guy, I think, or somebody that's in the bird. Those birds supposedly started in Florida. Some guy owned an Island off the coast of Florida, assuming a very wealthy man. And he saw these birds and he wanted, he brought some birds and, and let them go on his place. And they nested, and they moved. So are you fixing to fact check me, Andy? Just gonna look and see what okay. happened. Well, that, that I don't mind you fact checking me, but I think that's it. And supposedly they move about fifteen miles a year, and they just expand. And now I don't know for sure how close the fifteen mile deal is, but I know that growing up in Wichita Falls, we did not have collared doves when I was a kid growing right. up there, and we didn't have them out here until about fifteen to twenty years ago. We've got certain places that we kill a lot of them. You're different well, than me because you let your guys shoot the collards extra. 
I tell them, listen, you got a 15-bird limit. I'm not checking birds, the game warden. That's his job. Right. If you get caught over it, you can't clean them at the field. You can't do this shit because they can't differentiate, which is a collared and a morning dove or ringneck. Right. So I tell guys, listen, kill 15 birds and be done. But I got that one guy that thinks he can kill three extra birds by killing collards. So. Right. That's between him and them. But you guys are killing a 1,000 of them fuckers. Right, yeah. Most of those guys that I have in a field like that that uh, you know I know have a lot of collar dove, they're not, you know, they're a nuisance bird, no limit. A lot of them guys are paying me more than what everyone else is paying. So Just the to people, shoot collards. The people that, you know, are frustrated that, you know, they're paying $120 a day and, you know, they get to go shoot their 15 white wings. Well, the person that's shooting 45 Eurasian dove, collar dove, and their white wings are the people that are, you know, spending more money or may lease may have had a company lease that field privately or something. One thing that I have noticed about <clears throat> collar doves is you don't have grain close to town. They they won't leave town. They're not going to fly 15 miles to go feed in a wheat field that maybe a morning dove will go do or a white wing will go do. The collar dove, if there's not grain near town, they're not leaving town. They'll find some. They're scavengers. They'll find. They'll find they'll dog find food, the dog cat, food, cat food. They'll get on the porch and get in your water bowls and stuff like that. So this says they started in the Bahamas. Well, okay, that's right. Island off the coast of Florida, twenty-two by miles. The, by the late seventies, they'd reached Florida, eighties, in Georgia, and then they just keep keep on going. Well, I, my my my. Whoever told me about it told me they started off an island off of Florida, and that would be the Bahamas, probably. I guess. So that would that makes sense, and the Bahamas are twenty two miles off the coast of Florida, I think, at the closest. So another interesting thing, people that don't do a lot of dove hunting. So how do they tell them on the wing that they're collared dove? Just what do you mean? I mean For a hunter, yeah, they're a lot bigger. They're a lot bigger, but lighter that's all color. That they know? Yeah. yeah, lighter color. Uh, you Same. can tell by the breast size, even you know. I mean, yeah. legally, you're supposed to have a wing attached. Obviously, it's like waterfowl, but. Uh, you know, so that you can identify, but you can. It's more like a pigeon. It's, it's a lot closer to a pigeon than anything yeah. else. The, the another thing is, is like the morning dove. Because I mean, it's just that black collar right there, isn't it? Yes, that's they're the only thing they do. But they're just lighter, a lot bigger, a lot lighter color, though. Yeah, I mean, that's just so noticeably different. If you put that next to a white wing, it's almost double the size. Oh, really? Yeah. yeah. Huh. Yeah. Have you not shot any of them out here, Jeff? I don't get the dove hunt. Oh, he's working. Working. Well, someone has to do. Somebody's got to fucking keep That's this right. thing, keep the wheels on the track. The uh, another the, now, what I was going to get back with on the morning dove compared to the white wing dove. The white wing dove will fly a lot farther to a field. I believe that, and they're a lot like pigeons. Correct. Than than a morning dove. Morning dove are going to be where they're going to be at. Right. Also, morning dove are, are more apt to 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 come to a dove mojo than a white wing is. And you shoot, and and we have found out here that we'll shoot morning dove earlier in the morning. Yep. Then you will a white wing. A white wing might be eight eight thirty yeah, before they go. Eight thirty nine o'clock. And yeah. Most, yeah, most of my fields that that have white wings, you get all your hunters out in the field at daylight, you know, and they're all twiddling yeah. their thumbs for an hour and a half, wondering why you just screwed them. But you know what? You <laughs> you got to take them there though. If you don't, and then they go early. Yeah. It's yeah. A, no, that's the thing. Yeah. I mean, if they if they decide one day that they're all just going to get out of there early and show up, I mean, how disappointing would that be to show up to the field and the dove already be in there? You know. We, we goose hunt in an area south of here that's due south of the lodge about 10 miles, and we hunt there later in the year usually. If you go there and hunt, you got to set up the same time you do at the other fields. But you're not going to see a goose down there till 8, 30, 9 o'clock some mornings, where if you're closer to the roost area, you're right. going to see them right at 7, well, 7.30. Same thing when you're waterfowl hunting. You know, if you, <clears throat> if you know a bunch of ducks are going to, you know, you've been watching this spot for a whole week, and you know that, 
2,000 mallards are going to come to this pond at 9 o'clock in the morning. Are you going to show up at 8.30 and risk that, or are you going to show no. up at daylight and hunt it? You have to. and that's Exactly. That's the, the goose hunt down there is that way, and them guys will be like, Shit, you know, no, 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 no. and you can take binoculars out of your bag and look, and you can start seeing them coming for a long way off, but right. there it's a slower deal, and you got to tell you guys, listen, it's not a... Right. I hate those fucking days because it is a... The waiting? Because the whole time you're waiting, you're like... Did something change, and I did not – was I not CC'd in this email? Like, are the birds short-stopping me? Well, oh, we're, we're spoiled on a lot of our waterfowl hunting because we hunt within a mile of the Roost Lakes, right. and we're the first spot they're going to. So, right. so, so even if they're not feeding in our field, they got to go over us first. So and you're at least looking at birds. Yeah. Those days where you're 15 miles away from the roost and you're just waiting, you're just like, oh, fuck, please get here. <laughs> I don't care if we shoot them, just please let us see them. So you built your lodge this year. I did not, actually. I've, I've spent, spent quite a bit of money on my current lodge. We remodeled new doors, new okay, floors. Okay, I was thinking you built a bathrooms. new lodge. No, I did not. I've, I've, I've been working on that. I bought a couple hundred acres right there across from my lodge that initially that was the plan for, but, of course, your president's in office, so we're, we're slowing that down a little bit. That goofy fucker. <laughs> I'm going to tell you what, this shit in Afghanistan, that's, that's crazy. It's wild. I can't imagine a business, and the United States is a business, Let's face it, it's a bit and we actually had a president that ran it as a business for a couple of years and things were great. But he was not letting the wealthy people in DC weren't getting their cuts. They 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 stole yeah. a fucking election. Yeah, it's about money. It's, it's all about money. Yeah. But we left billions of dollars in Afghanistan. Why the fuck would you give drones, helicopter and just leave? Blow this shit up. It's all about a check I'm for somebody. You. It's a check for somebody, always. And then the Taliban comes on and they have a fucking news conference from the presidential palace. Uh, I would have blown that son of a bitch to the ground. And did you see all the uh, all the compliments that the uh, that the uh, the Taliban got for having rags over their face <laughs> and for the uh, COVID least, protocol? You know they, yeah. how responsible they were. At least they're wearing masks. As they're kidnapping and raping twelve year old girls. Did you see their uh, statement? There will not be no gay marriages. Yeah, it's Sharia law. Yeah, no, there will be no gay marriages. There will be women won't have any fucking right to do shit except get knocked up and cook. Yeah. And we're not fucking taking any vaccine. Yeah. Now, they're not going to take a vaccine ever again. I'll bet you money their COVID fucking rates ain't any higher than fucking California's. Nope. Nope. But it, it is a fucked up mess. I just can't imagine leaving all those assets there. That That's what blows me away. Yeah, well, it's, all, it's about a check. Somebody's, and, somebody's getting yeah. paid. And then the president, at the most crucial moment in our country, other than 9-11, probably militarily, if that's a word, and there's no word. Nobody's around. He's gone. The vice president, nobody knows. They ain't none of them spoke. Well, I just fucking can't believe that. I think that's... You don't e think they should have said Every something. president is gone when it seems like they should be there. Trump was not there when COVID was breaking out. Where was he at? He was playing golf. But he, he came back. But he was there that night to say something. He made a con He never backed down from a news conference. No, no, he, ne he didn't do that. But the, the, the theory that... Biden's gone on vacation. Well, they all go on vacation. I don't have a problem with being on vacation, but he could have come back and made a comment. Anywhere in this world, we've got a fucking cell phone. We're sitting at the Big Honker Lodge right now, and all three of us can make a statement, anything we want to, on Facebook right now. How hard is it for them to put him in front of a camera? I don't Shouldn't expect it to him within five minutes, but within two hours he can. Well, in that uh, Pisaki, she's, she's out on vacation all week. Yeah. So she's gone all week. They must have a cunt conference somewhere. She's gone all week. Biden's out. Kamala, I've not seen her since Inauguration Day. She, I think she's under Willie Brown's desk right now, probably slobbing his knob. <laughs> so, like, this, this thing's going to play out a week. 
before anybody even talks about it. Well, you know, I mean, the majority of it's – like the shock – and if they did a press conference today, it would he'd get murdered. Joe Biden, because. they said, will make one in two or three days. They're going to sit him down and try to go over all of the shit he's got to talk about. But he, he would get his ass handed to him if he did a press conference today. But he wouldn't know it. Huh? He don't know if he's eating Fruit Loops or shitting in his pants. He's clueless. Did you see the uh, Afghans jumping on the military plane? Them fuckers are dying for their life. When you jump on a fucking airplane and try to ride a wing on that son of a bitch, hey, you got the sound working now. I don't know how. That fucking plane's trying to take off, and people are jumping on the side to fucking try to get out of that hellhole. You know that co-pilot's like, hit the throttle, Mitch. Look at that shit. I mean, it's that's fucking wild. crazy. That's crazy. But that's how desperate they are because they know. I'm going to get into this right now. I, I personally think we needed to leave Afghanistan. I don't think this is the way we should have done it, but I'm tired of us sending our kids and my sons in the military, and he signed up for it. He didn't get he didn't get drafted. He signed up to go do what he's doing, but I don't want him having to go do that shit no more than I wanted any other soldier to have to do it. I don't have a problem with us fighting any war and standing up for what's right or wrong, but that deal over there, it's a no-win situation. The yeah. fucking Russians quit it. Let, you know, everybody quit. I did read that the Afghan government told the United States when all this shit happened with Osama bin Laden that they'll get Osama bin Laden, just give them a couple of weeks to get it done, and Bush, nope, 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 and intact. Now, I don't know how true all that shit is, but we don't need to be over there anymore. We need to get all our guys. But there, I, we should have – there's an, an exit, that, and that was not a very good strategy, whatever it was. Well, and I mean, you know, we've gone 20 years without a 9-11 for a reason. That's that's the best point I've I've heard, and I saw a next soldier talk about it. He said they were so focused on running from us, and we had them all stuck in that area right there. He goes, we didn't have one because of that. He goes, now they're going to sit over there and train these fuckers. Mm-hmm. They hate Americans. They hate Christians. I mean, if them fuckers come in right now, they'd want to chop every one of our fucking heads off. So, I mean, at what point does it go from we need to be there for our security purposes? It's just a, it's a fine line that you have to draw. Yeah, well, whatever we did, I, I was mean, I, I, I was I with Trump. That, I think we needed to take him out, but this is not the answer. And we needed a president, no matter who the fuck it is, to stand up and tell people what's going on. And to me, it looks like a coward way of doing shit, and that's this administration. Everything they got's fucked up. The border's fucked up. Afghanistan's fucked up. Inflation's fucked up. COVID Delta variant's fucked up, which I can't blame him for that no more, and you can blame Trump for the other one. But... It's almost like Biden posted something controversial on social media and then just set his phone down and walked away. Yeah. Like, he's like, okay, we're leaving on Friday. Fuck it. Deuce. I'm out of here. I'll see you in a week. But see, that's what a normal person would think, probably. That fucker, he don't know what he's doing. He is an empty suit. They got all these people in the world right now that are making these decisions for him, and they're like, fuck, let's do this. We always wanted to do it. But we didn't have the balls to do it on our watch because we knew it was a fucking dumb thing, but it's radical. But his dumb ass, he's fucking shitting his pants. He don't have a clue what's going on. <laughs> you think Biden has a clue what's going on? Uh, I do not, actually. I don't know. I, I don't really uh, – I'm not sure that we need to veer this direction because uh, I've always been kind of leave politics out of business because <laughs> – How many fucking liberals do you hunt, you think? I don't, and I don't care to have any of them, to be honest <laughs> Well, then why the you, fuck do you want to leave fucking politics out? Because <laughs> we were talking about doing, I thought. <laughs> well, I told you we'd talk about whatever. Yeah, no, we're good. And I don't know how we and got this on this is the flavor of the month. <laughs> I'll bet you – Was there a dove that came over from Afghanistan? Like, how did we switch to this topic? I don't, I don't have a clue how we <laughs> how got did we to get it. Here? We're talking about birds migrating. <laughs> Shit. And then, yeah, think about the dumb fuckers we're, over in Afghanistan right now. talked about building a new lodge. Oh, and he oh. was talking about an airplane. 
Huh? And he's like, did you see them fuckers trying to fly off? That, that was after. That was, that was after. after. I didn't drag oh. us into this. <laughs> we were talking about the price of lumber, I think, in a roundabout way. Oh. How expensive it is to, to build anything right now, you know? It is. It is crazy. Real estate, everything just going nuts, you know? And another thing, fucking paint. I had to paint a house. The freeze we had in February knocked out all the reserve paint in the whole state. And COVID has shut down the paint plants. Reserve paint? Yeah, they had like warehouses full of paint. And it ruined because of that? Fucking uh, they didn't have any power. All the paint froze. I didn't think about it. So I'm not, the, I'm not the only one that's sick and tired of using of people using COVID as an excuse for every single thing yeah. that's going wrong. I went to get paint the other day, and they're like, well, let me make sure we have it. I'm like, what the fuck are you talking about? They're like, yeah, like. The freeze in February knocked out all any reserves <laughs> that they had from the warehouses. The warehouses are closed because COVID. They won't let them get back to work to make new paint. So, like, we, we have a paint shortage now. It shut down fucking Starbucks at Omni Hotel in Fort Worth. Did they? It fucking closed down. I was there two days ago, and they were, they, were, they were wide open for business. Starbucks was? Yeah. In the Omni? Yep. Yeah. They were shut down when we were that, there Saturday. That, that line was about four miles long. What mm. day were you there? I was there Saturday morning. So was I. Yeah, they were open. They, they were, were closed open. Saturday afternoon. Yeah, that morning, we we walked over there because that's the only thing we thought about getting some coffee before we walked over to the show. And I went there that afternoon. It was shut down because yeah. we stayed there that night. There's no telling. I noticed a lot of places. Me and Michelle took a carriage ride downtown, and a bunch of the places that are like the fondue place, they're all shut down. Nothing. Yeah. Now, a lot of it is because fucking people don't want to work. Right. That, that's the majority of it. I, just, I went to Atlanta last week to – see a dog that I had just purchased and had over there with a guy named Blaine Tarnacki. And, uh, we're giving free plugs to Blaine Tarnacki now? Yeah, is that what I we're guess doing? that's okay. it. Yeah, a guy named <laughs> Blaine Tarnacki. And he's a, he's been, I've been paying him to, I guess, train slash take care of my dog for a while and will for a while. But we went over there and, I mean, Atlanta's there, mass mandates all over, but people just aren't buying it. They're just not. I mean, you go, there's city, it's a city mandate. They have it in big, bold letters on every door you walk in, and it ain't a person, employee, none in there with a mask on. Did, did you, uh, did you drive or fly? Flew. Man, that's a bad deal. You don't fly to Atlanta nowadays. You got to stop about 10 miles outside of town and put your fucking bulletproof vest on. Yeah, that place is wild. That, that, that's the you. most, I feel, I don't, I don't think I've been anywhere in the U.S. that I feel more uncomfortable than I do at Atlanta, Georgia. Yeah, Atlanta's, Atlanta's pretty scary. I mean, they, we, we, of course, we drove kind of to the suburb immediately after we got there, but yeah, it's sketchy. There's a lot of, yeah. You That's the sketchiest place I've been to in a long time, and I've been to Memphis, New Orleans. There's a lot of, lot of, lot of hippies over there too. A lot oh, yeah. of hippies. That's a, it's. And you know what? We hunt a lot of people from there, good people. But guys, and they all tell you the same thing: we don't go to fucking Atlanta. Yeah, and it's oh, that, the, the heart of Atlanta. Sketchy, yeah, no doubt. Sketchy is not even the word for it. Yeah. It is, like I said, you need a fucking bulletproof vest to fucking walk around. <laughs> I'll drive next time. <laughs> yeah, you can stop ten miles. You can see people? They all stop and out there, and you see what are they doing? They're all putting their fucking bulletproof vest on before they drive through town. <laughs> uh, what kind of dog you got? You didn't get a normal dog. You got a no. I, I you know, everybody's got a lab, so I, I don't know. I, I'm just now kind of easing out of the phase of just wanting to kill, 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 and uh, trying to trying to enjoy waterfowling from a little bit different perspective. So, you know, for me, a dog is going to do that. But I got a Boykin Spaniel. Yeah. We've got we've had some draught hires, and they're good dogs. And, and that's the kind of the way it is. A lot of people are getting away from that. Like a Wally dog, a Labradoodle. I've seen more and more people trying that stuff. And I'm going to tell you right now, Ollie is a smart, smart, smart dog, but, boy, they got a lot of poodle in them. And that's not always a good thing. Yeah. Are Cucklebur's not going to be a, a big thing with this dog? Is it going to look like that, or are you going to shave it, shave it like Ollie, uh, uh, like they do Ollie? 
Uh, I don't know that. I mean, a lot of people shave them. A lot of people don't. I guess it depends on how bad uh, he sheds. I, I, I'm not sure, but I don't. The we don't, we don't have a bunch of issue. I don't, I don't know stickers. about stickers. Yeah, but I don't know. I mean, there's not a lot of stickers around where we are. <laughs> are you no. just wait. There's not. I'm <laughs> telling you. I mean, there might be some over here, but. No, no, no. Rustin, I grew up in the same area you did. That fucking dog, cocoa birds and shit. Places When's the, the last time you seen a cocoa bird on your foot or your or your leg pant? You just wait. Next Those year, dogs will find you them. wait until about December 15th. You're going to call me up and you're going to say, you're, right. you're <laughs> fucking right. Have I lied to you before? No, you never have. But I don't, 15, I don't. About December 15th, you're going to say, God damn, you're right. That lab will run through that same spot and never get nothing on him. That yeah. dog's going to run through that motherfucker and it's going to pick up. It's like a fucking blonde with fake tits running through a bar. They pick up men and money. That's what that dog's going to do. I guess I'll be picking them out. I don't know. You will. I'm telling you. <laughs> or you'll shave that motherfucker. It'll come out and look like freaking one of them hairless cats. <laughs> Naked mole rat. Yeah. They'll be like, what's wrong with your dog? I just they ain't no stickers on him now. That's funny. So do they? Do you have to train them differently? Is that why you sent him to a, a professional? Yeah. So a couple, uh, a guy named Tyler Davidson has hunted with me for a couple of years. He came and hunted with me last year. And the, he actually had two, two Boykins. They're just neat little dogs. You know, they're 40, 45 pounds. Right. Uh, 50 if you get a big one and they're just they just got so much drive and it's just something about seeing a 45 pound dog pick up a 15 pound crane and run back to the blind that just <laughs> and it makes it different for me you know everybody's got a lab I don't I mean labs are great There's a lot of really good labs but I think it'd be cool to have a really really good Boykin so yeah. there's nothing wrong with that was this guy like the Boykin uh trainer of the world, or, or is he just a good trainer? He, all all? he pointed me in the right direction of where he got his dogs from, and right. uh, which led me to Blaine. And Blaine, after the research I've done, I mean, he's done some incredible things. I mean, he's three, there's only been three Boykins in the entire country that have ever completed all their uh, national hunt titles, hunt tests, and everything. And he's, he, my pup is out of one of them. I mean, he's got one of the three. He doesn't have all three, but he has one of the three. I don't know. I just want something different, you know. Just so either they're not real smart dogs, and there's a few smart ones, or they're just not underused. I think they're underused. That's probably what I'd, I think. I'd say that because I don't know if anybody's got a Boykin. I saw a fucking dog at the airport the other day, a, a, a luggage sniffing dog. There's a freaking beagle looking thing. Yeah, they. I don't. I'm. I think that's just for show. I, I noticed that as well. Like going I was like, through what Atlanta. The fuck? Yeah, this this dog looked absolutely retarded sniffing yeah. everybody's bag. <laughs> the guy's like, "It's a fucking beagle." Mm. Michelle goes, stop, he'll stop. You know, mid sniff to lick his yeah. nutsack. You know, because yeah. <laughs> he had this big old black lady. She's about three biscuits, and she every kid would walk by and do the same thing. Oh, they want to pet the dog. Don't pet the dog. Yeah. Don't pet the dog. That, he, don't, that, he don't like people. That's the, yeah. <laughs> that's somebody's pet that yeah. goes home every night. You know. Yeah, I bet that dog does, does like fucking being petted and rub his belly. I guarantee you. But she was. Don't touch the dog. Don't touch the dog. Worthless old dogs. So, uh, Dove King. I don't really like it when you say that. Why? Because there's a lot of people that do a really good job with their dove hunting. In the state I never of Texas. said there wasn't. Just, There's a lot of fine people live in England, but there was just one king. I'm just not sure what defines a king. The king would be the best, and I'm not going to throw myself in that category. Yeah. So this says right here, we'll get back to the beagles. The beagles are used for food and luggage. This lady which, looked which, like she had confiscated a bunch of food. As, I'm telling you. <laughs> beagles are used to sniff out drugs being transferred into the United States. Which I don't know if there's food that's illegal to bring to the United States. Yeah, they get all kinds. Yeah, of you can't. You can't, you can't bring just bring random stuff over. Yeah. Really? Yeah, especially no. through customs, you know. Well, that's what the beagle's there for. Fucker's not there for drugs. He's there for biscuits. 
<laughs> He's there to sniff out that curry that you fucking put in your in a Tupperware bowl. Oh, you, you're you're brave soul to yeah. throw some curry in your bag. That's nasty, boy. I almost got rid of your mom going into Mexico because she had some pretzels on the airplane. Is like, did you have any food and stuff? And she's like, no, no, no. And then we got in the deal. She goes. I have pretzels in my purse. I forgot about them. You can't bring pretzels <laughs> onto the... That wouldn't have said shit to them. They wow, meant taking bulk shit. They make but, a big deal out of everything. You but know. she was all... After getting the deal, I thought, oh, fuck, you're fixing to go to jail for bringing snuggling... But you if you smuggling got, pretzels that they give you on the fucking airlines, <laughs> hey, try and go through try and go through the TSA with a bottle of water in your bag. They oh, absolutely yeah. they flip out. No shit? Yes. Yeah. They lose their yeah, money. And then you get right through and then you walk up to the counter when you get through there and pay $7 for yeah. a 16-ounce bottle of Ozark. <laughs> That's what's nuts. I've noticed that before, too. Like lotions and shit. Yeah, and then you go it. to a fucking store and buy yep. some. Throw, throw shit away and then you can buy it inside. Yep. Throw it all away and just buy it in the airport. I'm sure like that. Two or three ounces is all you can take on or some mm-hmm. shit like that. Yeah, yeah no, no, no liquid. I want to go back to the King talk. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, boy. So here we go. So King is a compliment. Now... There are oh, a lot I appreciate of appreciate that. There's a what there was a king of England and that nutless fucker Prince Charles that likes ugly women. He's going to be the next king probably. His ex-wife was a hottie. The new one looks like a horse. Anyways, he's king. Well, there's a lot of good people in England. That don't mean you're not. There's not a lot of good guys out there that do dove hunts. I just call you the dove king because you hunt more hunters than anybody else I know. A lot you're of very very successful with, with convenience though. It, do, it doesn't, doesn't matter. matter. Yeah, where you're at. You know, if you had a strip club and you had two ugly women work for you and a hundred of them are good looking, people say, hey, he's got all the hot women. <laughs> Except for the fuckers that got dances from the two ugly women. <laughs> you hunt a lot of dove hunters and you're very successful at it. So I'm giving you a compliment. Well, I'm, I'm accepting it. There's a lot of fuck sticks out there. I ain't giving a compliment to them on their shit because they <laughs> half-ass shit. You don't. You do a good job. Well, I appreciate that. Well, I can much. tell you really appreciate this compliment because you're like, listen, I don't want to be called the king. <laughs> Uh, I just have. If I called you the Dove Prince, would that not be fucking? That to me would not be very complimentary. No, that sounds pretty queer, actually. There you go. So, see, I was trying to (laughs) say, you know, or the Duke of Dove. The Duke of Dove hunting. Yeah, would you want to be the Duke of Dove hunting? That doesn't sound real great either. (laughs) That would be better than being called the Duchess. Yeah. (laughs) So, that's a compliment. There's, so you a, there's embrace a lot of it. them, though. Look at, look at all the other people, too. I don't think you can just throw them in the category of king. I don't know anybody else that I'm runs just trying the Dove to, Hunters that's got the post. You're trying to be a nice guy. Well, I'm trying to be like Justin Hill, actually. Justin's not always nice. <laughs> that, that's a fact. <laughs> <laughs> Love him to death. He's one of my good friends, but he's not always nice about stuff. And he kills a lot of doves, too, and hunts a lot of hunters. Yeah, he does. He does a good job. So I could, I guess I could call one of you king and one prince, but yeah. see, I don't want to do that. So I just called you the king. Yeah. Well, I appreciate that. We can call him the prince if you want. Well, I wouldn't want to do that to him because that's not complimentary, and I'm not going to so do that gonna to him. Call, you're going to call me the king here, and then call him and call him the king there. No, so I'm just going to call Justin Justin. <laughs> but I would call him the king of Haskell County Dove Hunting I would or say Jones so. County. I would say so. They have a lot they, around Abilene. And does a good job. There's no doubt about that at all. I wouldn't get anybody on here and make fun of them or say something to them. It's another outfitter. Would I, Andy? I don't think so. I mean, make, make fun, make, I might make fun of their dating skills, their appearances, because I fat shame people all the time now. Yeah. But I, I would not make. I would not call someone on here to make fun of them as an outfitter. If I've got you on here, I think you're a pretty good, solid guy. Touche. Or I wouldn't have some. I wouldn't. I wouldn't call someone here and say, "Listen, dumb fuck." All these people say you, you're a horrible outfitter. You do this and do shit. I wouldn't do that to someone. Because there's a guy in Arkansas that I could do that to, but I'm not going to. Uh, some of them deserve it. In Arkansas, the guy that likes the objects. Oh yeah. Well, we haven't seen anything out of him in a while. 
I think he's jumped states. The fuck, I would too. Some some things you can't run away from. You though. knew who we're talking about, right? Yeah. Yeah. Would you hire him? Mm. No. I sure didn't. So how's Chumley doing now? Chumley is is, uh, is Rustin's ex fat employee. That's a good guy that I really who's like. No, who's no longer fat actually. That's that's he's what, probably that's fat what shaming with Jeff. And he didn't do anything other than just change his eating Here we habits go now. Rustin's that. Rustin's throwing shade at me for getting surgery no, now. Doing it the easy way. He's like, I didn't. Mean, you got the easy way, Chumley. Uh-huh. Now he went and did it the think, hard way. I think all of it takes discipline, but he's done a really good job. He actually only weighs about thirty more pounds than I do right now, and he was almost four hundred. I'm proud of Chumley. His name's Jared, but I call him Chumley because he yeah. reminds me of Chumley off Pawn Stars. Uh, he's going to be grinning from ear to ear when he hears his name on there. <laughs> I like Chumley. I always have. I think he's listening to every one of your podcasts. That makes me feel good. So so he's down. He's lost a lot of weight. Mm-hmm. Is he a fat shamer now? Does he no. notice everybody else that's got weight problems? Because I do no, now. It's given him a, an incredible boost of confidence, though. So does he think yeah. he's swinging the big cock now? Uh, yeah, pretty close. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's it's actually it's really nice to, really nice to see him because he's just been – you know, shy his whole life and never really, yeah, never, yeah, no, he, he doesn't, when you see somebody that looks good in a restaurant, you're going to let him know now, you know, he's, he's, he's strutting a little bit. <laughs> he's peacocking. Hey, this worked for him too. I'm glad, you know? I'm, I'm proud for him. I yeah, am. I am too. I mean, as someone that had weight problem for the last 10 years of my life, before that I didn't have one really. And I was always shy my whole life too. So I understand how he is. Yeah, well, some of us are, you know, I'm more fortunate than most because I had my colon removed, you know, right in college. So. I can eat what I want, drink what I want, and you know I'm gonna stay a hefty two ten, two fifteen my whole life. So well, I, I might I might die that. at fifty five, but <laughs> well, there's a lot of uh, weight loss is a t- a tough deal. Mine, I don't care about the looks. I just want to try to be healthier, and that's why I did it. And um, I'm I'm proud for somebody like Jared that's younger. You know, Michelle gets on to me because I try to point out people that have weight problems now and say, "Hey, you need to get hold of this." You don't try, you do. I just say, hey, you know, I did this. I had surgery, and it's not an easy surgery. It's not hard, but man, it'll make you feel better and it'll make you healthier. And well, you need to Jared's, do that. Uh, Jared's dad actually, uh, you know, my dad passed away last right. year, and then Jared's dad passed away about four months after that, and his dad was a real bad diabetic. Yeah, that, and uh, it's I really think that that was a lot of the motivation behind it. That's and, good. I'm proud for him. I am too. I really am. Listen, if you're a dude and you get in the shower and you can't see your dick, you need to lose <laughs> some weight. Yeah. Nobody will put that on a poster, but that's what they should say. Yeah. I mean, that's what we all think, right? Yeah. I know some black gentlemen whose peckers probably go to their knees, and they still can't see it. So you <laughs> need to lose some weight if you're in that situation. <laughs> uh, Was that wrong for me to say? Uh, be honest. That's not a bad thing to say. No. I mean, I, mean, I guess it's a Black guys are more endowed than white guys are. It's a known fact. Maybe that is a fact. I mean, if you was ever in a locker room, you know that. Yeah. You know? I never knew a black guy that was ashamed to take a shower in front of everybody else. No. And if I had swinging the shit that they would, I would too. Speaking of black guys in showers, this is a little bit random, but this is a good story. <laughs> this is going to be a hell of a story right here. a hell here. of a segue. We and went off to Afghanistan, <laughs> and now we're going here. In junior high, I, I went to City View in junior high for a couple years. and uh, Was Coach Hicks your coach there? Uh, he was, yeah. he was. <laughs> He's a nice guy. Yeah, there was a, there's a lot of really good well, – I actually liked a lot of those coaches there. We were in practice one day. I, I played safety. You play everything when you're at a school that size. You know, quarterback, defense, safety. I mean, Andy I, knows. I was a deep snapper. Everything. Yeah, I mean, Knox City, right? So, yep. anyways, I I hit this dude. There's only, like, one black person in this whole school, you know, or maybe two. And uh, I hit this dude at the end of practice. He didn't get a chance to hit me back, you know, carried it over to the locker room. I'm in the shower, <laughs> down in my down in nothing, you know, <laughs> washing my hair because I got to go to class. Mm-hmm. 
about the time I'm, you know, washing my hair, I got soap running in my eyes, and this dude comes out of nowhere and just absolutely whoops my ass in the middle of the in shower. In the shower? But naked. <laughs> I couldn't see anything. What are we in prison? <laughs> I couldn't see anything because I had soap in my eyes. <laughs> and it Clinton. was absolutely terrible. Uh, and I didn't even get to whoop him back, you know. It's like a couple. Well, fuck of no, you gotta couple. finish your shower. <laughs> oh yeah, I know, right? That's so, an awkward way to be fighting too. Yeah, the whole day you're thinking about like, hey, what am I gonna do to get this guy back? Because his dick was rubbing on my face like 24 <laughs> hours ago, you know. <laughs> and uh, anyway. I got tea bagged and it wasn't cool. <laughs> no. Anyways, a couple of days later, there's this uh, there's this guy, this kid that we called uh, we called him Bingo. Is just the only other black kid at City View, you know. And uh, he he'd asked me, he's like, "Hey, you want you want me to get? You want this kid's name was Miguel." He said, "Hey, you want you want me to get Miguel back?" And I was like, "I'm not gonna ask you to, but if you do, I'll you know I'd like it." <laughs> I'll buy your lunch all week. <laughs> Twenty four hours later, right after practice, the very next morning, this dude walks through the door, and this dude just let him have it. And it was it was interesting. Fucking That's the only fight I've ever been in my whole life. Got, got whooped and had somebody's pecker <laughs> drug across my face. It was great. I usually will teach you a lesson. Yeah. Sounds so, a lot so like you, fucking San Quentin is what that sounds so like. Have you seen Miguel? Hey, the other black guy to whoop up, yeah. whoop up on the other black Miguel guy. Miguel transferred. One thing went to Berg Burnett. I haven't seen him in a long time. But, I mean, it was one of them deals. You know, you're in the seventh grade. Three days later, you're high-fiving and best friend, you know. I don't know. That Why are a, you high-fiving him? Put all, his nuts on my it was forehead. All, I mean, you got to get along with these people. You're on the same freaking sports team all the way through school, you know. Got to get along, pass the ball, yeah. you know. Just, so, it wouldn't be it wouldn't be awkward to see him now. No, it'd be kind of funny, probably. <laughs> you teabagged me 15 years ago. Yeah. Well, the good news is I didn't see anything because I had soap right. in my eyes. Yeah. <laughs> it wasn't it. fair. It wasn't fair. No, there was no. nothing fair about that. Fights aren't fair. Yeah. So, was he in the shower also? And then he's just like, fuck it, I think this is he where just, we're doing it? I think he just saw me at a very vulnerable moment. But why would he get naked if he knows he's going <laughs> to well, beat I'm you sure. up? <laughs> I'm sure, I'm sure that I'm sure that he was uh I'm sure that he was taking a shower too. I don't really remember. You know that was almost take my 15, clothes off and whip his ass. That was almost 15 years ago. Now. <laughs> yeah. Fuck it. If he's naked, I'm gonna be naked. What are you doing? I'm taking my drawers off. I'm gonna beat his ass. Go beat a white boy's oh, ass. It, in the it may have been exaggerated a little bit. I don't I like vividly remember a dick sliding across <laughs> my face. But you know, I'd assume that since I was naked in the shower, that this guy was too. You know. Have you told this story many times? No. <laughs> I've told Boy, probably you picked a hell of a time to do it now. <laughs> I've made two or three people, you know. It's gonna have a little bit more people than that's heard it now. Yeah, no, that's you're a- gonna be referenced this all fucking winter long. Hey, that's all right. Somebody's man. gonna come in and say, Hey, you ever had a dick on your face? And be like, What the fuck's he talking about? I've been called I've been I've been in a lot worse. That's the worst that happened to me all year. I'll be in good shape. McGill might be one of them fuckers that's calling the cops on you for your dove hunters. Be, you tell that cocksucker, I've already put my dick on his face. I'll do it again. If he wants yeah. to see this dick again, just keep hunting my I don't ass. think Miguel's going to hear this podcast, to be honest. You might be surprised. Uh, fuck, you you don't know. think Miguel's a hunter? I don't. No, I don't. I think he's already been to jail a couple times. I went to school with some Miguel's then, too, like that. Yeah. And I may be thinking of somebody else that's been to jail a couple times. But, hey, I've been to jail, too. So I haven't. Yeah. What did you go to jail for? He does not want to get into this uh, on here. Yeah, it's uh, public record. I'll look it up yeah. right now. Uh, you probably you won't be able find, to find it. it yeah. Oh, one of those deals. It's been expunged. You were a young kid. No, no, I wasn't young. It it's was just we're. I'm going to do you a favor, and we're going to skip this. Well, it doesn't matter. I didn't do anything wrong. I understand, but I would. Uh, if you want to talk about, it, you go ahead. It's your deal. It's expunged, so it it's your life, not mine. It no, doesn't matter. All right, so we, I'm trying to it. give you some advice here. We can. Yeah. We're skipping it. Listen yeah. to Jeff's advice. Yeah, we'll just skip it then. That's fine. If anybody wants to know, you can uh, no, message me directly. Dry Creek Outfitters <laughs> at gmail.com. 
<laughs> Mikey be messaging you now. He wants to know what's going on. Good, good luck with the public record. I don't think you can find it on there. You should. Actually, you should try so you can put my mugshot up on the deal. It's kind of funny. That, no, that would be funny. Now you're opening up a big can of If wine. we find your mugshot, we're going to get it printed and like have it back here behind us. That'd be all right. Like Throw it up that. on that big screen, too, <laughs> while at it. Be like the O.J. Simpson one, you know, where it just stays there forever. Let's see. It says more, uh, Rustin Morgan arrested. We'll see. Nope, nineteen forty-seven. Not you. Yep. There's a Rustin. This is Morgan. a this is a Justin Morgan. So yeah, this is it's it's pulling you, some. You probably aren't 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 gonna find it. I had a I was able to. You got a good good attorney. I didn't even need that. No, there was a there was a lot of wrongdoing by some people that local people that made that deal fall apart real easy. There you go. Listen, Michelle. When I try to give you some advice, you don't listen. Yeah. And I'm telling you, right now, I would not. Hey, you keep drilling me with questions, I'm going to answer them. I'm not asking you any questions. He's, I've answered every question he's, he's asked dumb me. a dumbass sometimes. I've told you. I, You've I, said heard me. We, I said we were skipping it. Hey, I don't have any bad blood through anybody. It's all good. We're, so, we're rocking and rolling. So, my most successful years have been after that. I'm good. Okay. Uh, we've got completely off now. I was going to ask something else. I don't even remember what the hell it was now. I'm, I'm confused by this. Not even on there. Um, let's talk about the refuge that's, that's right to the west of Wichita Falls. Huh. Is that increasing? Because it looks like they're clearing a bunch more land. Is that him doing that? Well, that's actually why I got arrested, too, by the way. Oh, shit. <laughs> you want to talk about it? Let's talk just about like it. Just fucking say it. Yeah. I mean, we've Jesus already went Christ. on. So go ahead. Tell the story now. Uh, I'm just picking the jab. No, really, we were uh, we were filming. A, we had One of the local farmers had brought in a, a guy with a helicopter, uh, 2016, 17, and uh, they were going around on a bunch of the local farmers shooting pigs and coyotes and all that. So I kind of got bound up in it because I saw an opportunity to make some money. And uh, back then, I wasn't real wise to the whole TV show thing. Like, I'm thinking, you know, publicity is good, whatever. Uh, we were doing something with uh, actually one of the one of the uh, film editors for National Geographic was with us. And, uh, and another guy with his and hers outdoors. And uh, we were... We were going around shooting pigs, taking video, basically trying to do like some kind of detriment, like how how detrimental hogs are to you know right. the world. Like and a the documentary ground. that right. shows the other side. Well, we're up in the air, fly, you know, we're flying a bunch of stuff. I have at least I have one hundred fifty thousand acres leased around which falls. Like I got a lot of country. Well, there just happened to be this wide open wheat field that had a bunch of pigs, you know, out in it. And one of the things that we wanted to <clears throat> wanted to get while we were in the air was a bunch of pigs running across the wheat field. So I was like, you know what? This isn't mine. I don't have permission to hunt it. Public airspace, or so I thought. And uh, so There we put, is public airspace. Yeah, right. Well, there's some detail to that. Uh-oh. Anyway, so we put, put the guns between our legs and rocked on, took video of these pigs. Well, in the process, the landowner's son saw us flying over there. Well, he can only assume that since this helicopter's been around for two weeks shooting pigs, that that's probably what we were doing on his place, right? Right. So I get a text from the game warden while I'm in the air, and he says, hey, I need you to go land back at, you know, at the trailer. We need to talk. So we all get there. We land, visit a little bit. He said, what were you doing across the road? I said, well, filming some hogs. And he's like, you weren't shooting anything? No. I said, actually, I got proof right here. Popped an SD card outside of this camera and gave it to him. He's like, oh, okay, well, cool. You know, no big deal. We're packing up. He goes back to the office, meets up with some other game wardens. And the landowner, who happens to be an attorney, who oh. happens to own the refuge that you're discussing. and Oh, see, I didn't realize this was all on his stuff. Yes. Well, this is a good segment to it. Anyways. Uh, or segue. So they go and they go and sit down and 
visit about the laws and what can he stick us for and whether we should get away with it or not or whatever. And uh, he was so you know, so adamant about us getting locked away that he just dug every rule in the book uh, about whatever. So just so you know, if you're filming wildlife in the state of Texas, you have to be above a certain level. And they were able to pull the GPS coordinates to see how what our elevation was, mm-hmm. and we were below that elevation. I don't remember <laughs> if it was 250 feet, 300 right. feet, 500 feet. I'm but not sure. But there's a boundary that you were lower than. If so I was film. over my land... I can do whatever I want, but since I was over somebody else's and I was technically harassing wildlife. Oh, pig, though, is not wildlife. Uh, was that day. <laughs> but it's not wildlife. It's See, a- and that's such a gray area because pigs are, because you don't have to have a license They're to They're a nuisance them now. animal. It's not but, considered But a at game. the same time, if, if, if you, sh- so can you shoot a pig on a county road? No, because you can't you shoot can't off shoot a public on- road. So you would get you'd get like a gun charge there. You wouldn't get. A you game. wouldn't be hunting off a public road. It would be discharging a firearm off a public road. I, I guess know. pigs are such a fucking gray area. I, but I don't understand the part of you. I don't see how you broke a law if you weren't shooting there. And I, I don't right. know the law on that. I'm yeah, not going to well, say and I, don't, I don't know and that. It, and honestly, if if there wouldn't have been any wildlife at all, I mean, I, it, according to the state of Texas, that, that if I'd have just been filming a wheat field, he couldn't have done anything. I could have pulled over on the side of the road. I could have walked up to his barbed wire fence, took as many photos as I wanted, flown at whatever height I wanted, whatever, to get out of it. But well, because there were wildlife involved, the state was involved, and then there's an elevation. The reason that the law is implemented is for high fences is the reason it's implemented. It's because people will, people, random people with a helicopter, be like, oh, there's some big deer on this ranch over here. Right. Let's fly over there and look at them. And then you run right. them into a fence and kill them, you know. Right. That was the idea behind it. Uh, anyway, so game warden comes back out, and he said, well, I get, I, I'm going to have to take all y'all to jail. And I just kind of laughed because I'm That's afraid. what I would have said, too. I'm laughed. Fr- I'm friends with the guy, you know, and he's like, no, I'm serious. And I was like, what are you talking about? And he's like, well, apparently, and he explained to me, you know, apparently this is a rule and this is a rule and I'm just doing my job. And I was like, you're going to be late to Samurai for lunch. No, this is 1130 at night. Oh, shit. Anyways, so he said, just unload everything out of your truck. Just load up in your truck and just drive down to the jail. And I was doing great when I got down there. I walked in the front door. Never been to jail before, right? The first thing on the door. Uh, there's three of us here, and only one of us has been to jail. That's me. <laughs> <laughs> I walk. I walk. I mean, in. I've been to jail and got people out many times and signed papers for them, but I've never been on your side of the deal. I was doing great because I was just, I just knew, like in my mind, I was like, I didn't do anything wrong, you know. Yeah, they're and just I, sticking with the technical. I walked in the door, and there's this big sign on this first door. Whenever I walk in, it says, "Remember, sex in jail is a crime." <laughs> <laughs> Goddamn, McGill's gonna be here. Uh, and, and then you take your so, first shower, and there's McGill again. So the pilot, this video producer, my best friend, uh, which I don't disclose his name on here, but uh, this so we all like always tells everybody's <laughs> names. Yeah, you know, he says he's not going to, and then he, like he tells yeah, a story, yeah. and then the name. No, comes and, out. I, and I, you know, I just respect their privacy a little bit, but uh, <laughs> Clay's funny, man. You get him on here, he cracks me up. Uh, I, I want to say that those are probably the only podcasts that I've listened like through and through because I think he's hilarious. But, anyways, that's a whole other can of worms. Um, sex in jail. Anyway, so sex in jail is a crime. So I'm walking in, and I'm like, man. I'm about to get strip shirts. They're going to set me in here. It's 11:30 at night. Ain't nobody gonna come help me get out of here. Well, luckily, I, you know, it's small town. You know the judge. You know, you know, you know everything. I don't want to say any names of anybody, but uh, 
anyways, long story short, got some photos taken. I was cheesing in my mugshot. I'm going to pull it up here in a minute on my phone. <laughs> I was cheesing in my mugshot and uh, just because I knew, you know, I didn't, I didn't really do anything wrong, and I knew it wasn't going to stand up. And Anyway, so we got our photos, got booked, went home, and still to this day, other than a letter that said that it got expunged, I have never heard a thing about it. Now, why did they expunge it if you broke a law by flying too high? Uh, low. Or too low. They're obviously, you must not have broke the law. Well, I mean, I could go into detail about some of the people that were involved in the, the tongues that were being pulled on to avoid so, some so, things, but so, I don't want to do that. So there were some favors called to keep you out of trouble then? Uh, not by me, but maybe but some. Maybe else. some. Yeah, maybe maybe because they felt uh, obligated. Okay, yeah. that but so but that that's what I was getting at. So, I, I'm well I, to, I'm to, just, to go into to go into greater detail. I actually then found out that the land that I was flying over uh, was bound up in a contract that I had with with a landowner. And Onyx showed that it was owned by this guy that had me arrested when it was actually owned by somebody else. That so I had all his land lease. So technically it comes out that I'm actually flying my land. I didn't know I was flying my land. Right. I thought I was flying somebody else's. So I'm just like, oh, crap, I shouldn't have done that, you know. But comes out in the wash that I actually was flying over some of my lease land per GPS coordinates. And it just hush, hush. Right. Never heard anything about so it. So anyways, they're expanding the refuge nowadays. Oh, Yeah. Yeah, that is really that. That is crazy how people now. Now, when I say refuge, there's an area outside of Wichita Falls that one guy has, and he's got wheat planted on time, and he's holding a bunch of geese, and nobody can hunt them, and it's getting to be a bigger issue all the time. Yeah, I mean, you know, last year not so much because I just don't. I didn't see many. We didn't have the birds because the winter. I tell you what, that guy, that guy holds more. I mean, there's he there's he winters that he had winters yeah, a lot of birds. He winters a hundred thousand every year yeah. generally. And, and they just sit there and nobody can do nothing. Yeah. Widgeon, geese, snow geese. Yeah. So to get back to this one more time, what, did you – you got a letter that everything was dropped? Yeah, everything was from, from the uh, DA. Just – Yeah, just said, hey, you're good to go. You're everything good to go. Everything's How dropped. soon was that after all this had, like, played out? Was it, like, pretty quick or it was, did you have it, to wait months? It was 24 months that I knew nothing was going to happen, but I knew pretty quick after I got arrested that nothing was going to happen. Gonna yeah, happen. there were some phone calls made that, you know, gave me a lot of confidence and knowing that where I stood. I mean, I would – I mean, I run a business over there. I'm not trying to crush my right. reputation. And that was, you know, that was honestly one of the t toughest things I've ever been through because I'm trying to build this business that I passionately care about. And I know that I'm doing everything that I possibly can correct, you know, mm -hmm. 25 years old. And then, you know, you wake up to text messages from farmers asking what the hell I got myself into and blah, blah. I mean, it was a lot of, there was a lot of damage control. What did, uh, uh but people, you know, the good prevails always. What right. was your bond? Zero dollars. I'm not going any more detail on it. That's all I can tell you. It didn't cost me a penny to get out, neither did it cost anybody else there. That's all I can say. They but, PR bond you then? Yep. Okay, well, that happens a lot, so. No, I'll go with that. That's what you But well, we do know that sex in jail is a crime. Yeah, yeah I'll tell you what. Uh, <laughs> did you actually go I in a cell? Like, no, man. I didn't get strip shirts. I didn't go in a you cell. You didn't have to go so They just no, fingerprinted you and walked out the door. Mugshot and you're gone. Yeah, I got to show you this mugshot. Yeah. I love it. That's good stuff. There's a lot of that goes on, though, though, because they don't want to deal with people that uh, that they are not a flight risk. And this is where this is where the bond, the bond people that will bitch, not the bond people, but the people that think there shouldn't be a bail for, well, they get out and they don't have do a bond. Well, yeah, but the motherfucker ain't gonna go do nothing again. Right. He's not a public problem. 
You are a young little Thundercat there. Yeah, I mean, let's, what's the date on it? Uh, no, I was t- yeah, 24, so this was in 2016, but I, I was obviously very confident in where that was going, or I wouldn't have been cheesing. Or drunk. Was. Yeah, I definitely was not drunk. Jeff, I've been drunk three times my whole life. Well, that look, could have been that night. You don't even look like the same guy right there. No. I've changed. Beard and yeah. Manage wild. Ex- yeah, managing wildlife from an aircraft. Exotic. That's crazy. I never yeah. even heard of that before. Yeah. I didn't know that you couldn't fly over a high fence ranch. You can fly over a high fence ranch, no, you, but you, you can't take a, a video. Altitude. Well, well, and if it's yours, you can do whatever you want. No, but no, you no. Can't but fly I fly over your neighbor's high fence ranch at you know fifty feet and run a deer right. into the fence, or you're going to get in a lot of trouble. You can do that. You just can't film it. I mean, no, no legally really? you can't do either. But the filming only the, the only thing the filming did was give them evidence that that's what I was doing. I thought they said you couldn't fly over and take film of wild. Of if wildlife. you film wildlife, you're managing wildlife. Right, but if you're not filming it, you can fly over it, right? Unless you run a deer into somebody's. I mean, a certain elevation. I mean, I, I, I don't know. Honestly, I don't. I don't I'm going to follow up on this because I don't think there's a law against flying any certain uh, elevation over someone's property. Now, there is, they wouldn't have fucking done all this shit over a house. No, he they did it because a rich attorney. If there wasn't any, if there wasn't a huge landowner involved, and there and there wasn't wildlife involved, nothing right. would have happened. Nothing. Would've if happened. you'd have been flying over Mary Jo Best twenty acres, she would have waved at you and said, "Hey." Well, no. Know. Even if she'd have called the cops, they wouldn't have done anything. No, it's just because this dude meant something it's to not the. Not what you know, it's who you know. Yeah, I mean, the dude pays a lot of taxes. He's got seventeen thousand acres in Archer County. You know. That's crazy. That is absolutely nuts that how that worked out. Yeah. But I never had heard of a, that before. It was a great life lesson, really. I, l- I learned a lot from it. I mean, it's... But you didn't do nothing wrong. No, but I learned a lot about just keeping your mouth shut, you know. <laughs> you know, you obviously have not learned that. Hey, you know, I, <laughs> this is for people's entertainment, and that's why that I'm here. Right. Yeah, so. that's right. That is right. There's a lot of people that would love. There's a lot of people listening to this that would love to twist that story up and go tell somebody tomorrow afternoon. We'll see there. Somebody and, will. And now they can't because and that's you, all right. Well, you explained what happened, so yeah. now they can't. There's ten people in Wichita Falls listening to this podcast. There's more than there's that. I know. I, there's a whole lot more than Wichita Falls. Yeah. Just, there's know. probably ten people that hate me in Wichita Falls listening <laughs> to this podcast. <laughs> oh, I wish I only had ten. I got a lot more. I promise. Ain't it funny that that we we have people hate us that listen to this, and that's what to me that's the. Biggest compliment in the world. There's no, there's well, it's the same thing with people that keep up with you on social media. These people that, you know, talk crap behind your back about what you're doing, and yeah. they're the first one to like your photo on Instagram. Yeah. You know, yeah. So, which is kind of flattering, except you know, we all got our different opinions, I guess. So, what's your thoughts on uh, the season this year? Are you predicting cold or hot winter? Are you even going to take a chance on that shit? Oh man, I, I mean, we all have our predictions. I think that we're in for a. Uh, I think we're in pretty for a pretty pretty warm September. Personally, I don't think we've seen our hot hot yet. Personally, I don't know. Maybe that, we have. I, I don't know. You can get me lying. I, well, that's, that's just my take. It's opinion on, it. on this. There's no yeah. liar. Son. Now, Damon Lane disagrees with you on that. I, mean, I hope he's. I hope I'm wrong. Do you know who Damon Lane is? Damon I don't. Weatherman at Oklahoma City, and he said yesterday. He said Oklahoma City has never had a year that it didn't reach 100 degrees. Pretty sure it was ever. And he said this year, it's not going to happen. He goes because the cold fronts are already lining up. He said we won't reach a hundred degrees. It's got to. It's got to say something that there's there's actually huntable numbers of teal 
in Wichita County right now. And August 15th. Yeah, I mean, that's got to say something. That's Something's going on up north that's moving them minds, you know. But it's hot up north. For sure. Like in the Dakotas, it's hot. Yeah, but well, a lot of those birds. why they're coming down here. Yeah, cool off a little bit. Right? But the, the, a lot of those birds, though, go with fronts. And we've already had north winds two or three times already. What's the high? I'm going to look it up right now what the high is in North Dakota. Well, you want my not? Now, are you going to go off my numbers? So, listen to this. 100 today with smoke. Was this my not? Yes. 95 on Wednesday. 68 on Friday. Ooh. So, there's a big front coming. That ought to bring some dove, too. That should. Yeah, that's what, I mean, they're, they're, they're going to, they might get some rain, too, if it ain't too late. Smoke. But uh, that is the problem, or not a problem, that is a big front to get in the 60s for a high. In middle in August, still yeah. up there. Yeah, it'll still be August. So yeah, that's gonna push, that's gonna push down. So we're starting to see the north wind already turn this way. Every year, as an outfitter, I'm like, oh, it's gonna be a cold, cold, cold. Wind. I hope you're right. But I do that every year, and last year was wrong. This summer, I was way off because I said it was supposed to, it was gonna be hot. And the, the guy, the, the the smartest guy in weather is Joe Bastardi. Would you say Andy's pretty close to that? It's pretty close. And Joe Bastardi says we're gonna have a major polar vortex again this year. When did he Bring say it. that? Um, I follow him. Probably right? about a month that. or so, six weeks ago. But I'm hoping it's going to be November. Oh, man, it tickled me to death. Oh, yeah. Not, w- not in February. No. No, I, I do think I, I remember seeing that because I think I remember saying it's probably going to be in fucking February or March like it was. Yeah, actually. but I hope uh, it's in November. Yeah. November, Thanksgiving time. Boo. Oh, that would be a fucking blessing mm-hmm. right there. I think like you do because we've not seen the hot weather and I just, I'm snake bitten. You're I, just going by the averages. We should, we always have a hot, hot I wet, think sometime. September is going to be just, you're going to melt your nuts off. Well, that, Matt Dane, or just Matt because Dane. I think, I think in the law of averages yes da- damon lane says that the, the the you know they can for somehow can see 10 15 days the fronts they can't always see how cold it's gonna be or not. Right. but they're already seeing we're gonna have three fronts like in 15 days and if that happens and it progressively gets cooler all the time it's harder to warm back up right i've seen it 100 degrees in september lots of times last year i've seen it hotter hot. than fuck during opening weekend of dove season before oh i have too and some of those have been the best years i've yeah. ever had too you know, when it's hot hot the birds are that yeah we used to Historically, back in the 90s and 80s, we didn't really get a north wind until after September 1st or right around. Usually, it's August 28th, September 4th or 5th would be the first really good north wind. Well, fuck, we've had it in July. Right. And we've had a north wind again here the other day, and we're supposed to have it. Look at October last year. I mean, that was wild. I would take that if they do it again in November, too. Please, 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 please. The problem with that was that was all we got for a long time. Yeah. It yeah. was the October front, and then it was January. It was New Year's, I think. Not near. We talk every day in the winter, especially during hunting. Oh season. yeah, yeah, yeah. Me, me. I talk to you and Justin more than I do anybody. Right. It's an average day. We find out what's going on in the world. Blah 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 blah. So we know what's going on hunting wise. Right. We talk a lot and keep up. We work together on a lot of stuff. We help each other out a lot. And if more outfitters would get along and communicate the way we do, our life would be so much better. Yeah, no doubt. Hands down. That's why I've always kind of, I don't know. Well, I think well, I think a lot of them are starting to get on board with that, to be honest. Like, I've seen, I mean, I don't know if we were the trendsetter on that or not, but there's some, there's some people that have figured it out that, especially when you're dealing with somebody who actually is competitive and somebody that's, you know, willing to lose money on things so that he can make more on others. And right. uh, when people start realizing that, we are all we each other's got to make the world go around. You don't work together, that gives somebody an opportunity to cut in. I mean, getting along is is the way to go. Yeah, it 
we live in a very exclusive area out here where we are because there's not a lot of room for someone else to come in. Right. But in a lot of other places, it's not that way. Right. I could see, uh, uh, cause I don't know real well, but like Lubbock and Amarillo, you, you hear about the, you know, people over there. I think one of the, one of the benefits we had back home is, a. Uh, there's a, there's one other outfit there that I would consider that you know similar, muddy water outfitters. Mike Lambert and them. I worked for him for a couple of years before I split off and did my own thing, and that's a whole another story. But we've since got along, and one of the things that helped us a lot is we didn't have Onyx in Wichita or Archer County until like 24 months ago. So we built our businesses based off of personal relationships and family and, and had all these connections before anybody else had the resources to make them on their own. So it, it's just locked up. Like Do y'all have people up. coming out there now, extra guys starting? Every year someone pops up. Every single season someone pops up. They don't last long. Well, I'm going to tell you what. I've seen three or four new outfitters pop up in Oklahoma this year. Something and about that place, man. That's it's. Wild. I don't. I don't understand. I just. It just blows my mind because, especially since the hunting hadn't been as good as it no, was four or five years ago. No, but I don't understand how you can sell hunts if you don't have some shit locked down. This, I. I don't do anything, day rate ever. I quit doing that three years ago. Very seldomly, with the exception of the help that you've given me and some of the hunting I've done, you know, up in Oklahoma. I do not pay a day rate for anything. If I suspect that it's going to be good, I'm paying for it, which is why you'll why nobody will ever touch my stuff, which gives, you know, someone like Mike a sense of security too because if he needs help, I'm going to help him and vice versa. So we lock it down together. We agree who's leasing what, who's spending what money, and then we control it all. Nobody's touching it. It's not happening. No, that's that's – but, man, there's so many guys are selling hunts. I'm like, where the fuck are you hunting it? And I'll have four or five of them tell me they're hunting the same guy's place. Y'all got a real issue. Yeah. You know? Uh, yeah, it's a it's a problem, you know. And a lot of the, you know, farmers want to see, in my opinion, farmers want to see someone who's willing to take on some risk to be successful. And those are the people that you build relationships with that want to be with you and do business with you for a long time. Because if you, you know, a lot of them are like, man, you know, thanks for the $5,000 for this awesome dove field, but I don't know that. I don't know if I'm going to have any dove. And I'm like, yeah, but if you do have dove and it's good, right. I'm going to kill it. And if you don't, that's part of it. What are you going to do next year? You're going to lease it to me because you know I'm going to take care of you. So that's my approach. I season at least 90% of everything we have. I've got places I can get on for a 100-mile circle here. I can call. I know somebody or I'll know somebody like you that I can call that will help me out and I can help them if they need help. But I, the guys that have started these hunting businesses – I just I, – I don't know how they sleep at night. Yeah. I mean, I really don't know how they go to bed. I saw a new guy that's hunting somewhere up in Oklahoma close to where we hunt. I'm thinking, where are you going to get on that someone else is not fighting all the time? I understand there's some opportunity if we have a card winner. But if there's not, there's certain places that are going to have well, birds and certain places that aren't. What are you going to do on days that if we don't have a winner or something? And and it's all – to me, it's all about what's a, what's a good night of rest worth to you? You know, go to bed every night knowing that when you leave the lodge in the morning, no matter what you see flying in the sky, what you see landing here or there, wherever you're going, that either the person that you get along with and do business with has it or you have it. Like, there's, you just know, like, when you send somebody out to scout for the day that you're paying $150 a day to run around in a truck and find stuff for you, he's not going to call you and say, hey, do you know this guy? Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, I know that guy. I got at least good. We'll hunt there tomorrow. You know, it just simplifies things. It makes everything go a lot smoother, a lot more comfortable. 
I can honestly say I haven't had very many nights I went to bed worried anymore. <laughs> I know days are going to be bad hunts and stuff. We're going to uh, have days that aren't going to work. I mean, we know that. But I don't go to bed. There's very few times I've went to bed and think we're going to have a horrible, horrible, horrible day. There's some days I know that, boy, the wind's not blowing. It's a full moon, blah, blah, blah. We're going to have a tough morning probably. It's just it's hunting. It's going to happen sometimes. But I don't go to bed at night very often worrying about us having an opportunity to where the birds are going to be at. You do? Fuck yes. Well, you nervous well, about no, everything. No, not, not. Coming from the guy that's got to go sit out in the field with him <laughs> and the guy that sits in the office. <laughs> yeah, no kidding, right? But he's got to take the money, so. Um, that's the hardest part. Well, Word. I don't know. There's been some days. There's days I don't wouldn't want to be you guys sitting there all day long, but when I when I have guys that have had a bad day or something, then you're the one that's got to collect from them. But, but, but we, we, we leveled the playing field on our side more than not. But what you said, and you're right, is you said you don't worry about there being birds. Right. You are correct there. But there are some days where I'm just like, we're going to see them. No, well, that, that, but, 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 but we're that's going to be the highlight of the day. Yeah. I mean, we're, we're going to have good days and bad days. I understand that. It's hunting. But when we go to bed at nighttime, we know that we've got a place that's got birds, and we're going to be in an area that we've we got, have a shot. We've got safe spots because of the way our roost lakes are around here. And I, when I say safe spots, we've got places that are going to have birds flying over them every single day all season long. And, so we, and we know that. And we do in Oklahoma, and we do here. I've got placed both places. And I, when someone starts a new outfitter, I had a, a guy I know started outfitter, and he's like, hey, what would you do, blah, blah, blah. My advice is you need to find you a place off of a roost. You need to find a place that they're going to fly off of north, west, east, and south off of a roost where if you don't have nothing else to hunt, right. you can hunt there, and you're going to get some traffic. You may not kill birds, and you may kill a few birds, and you may there's days like that we've shot a fucking full limit. Right. But – at least you can be in the game. Yeah, we have some places like that in Oklahoma that I that I that I season lease, and not because there's ever even been a goose in there, but you're you're right. You know, you get in a predicament where you at least got to show them you, something. You go you there. Know, you at least got to work for it. You yeah, know, that's not your first option, but would right. you want to see something? You know, it's hunting, man. It's just hunting. give yourself a chance. The first year we hunted in Oklahoma, I went up there for five days to scout before season started. It didn't matter if I went in June or July and August. You can't scout birds in June, July, or August. There's no. nothing to fucking see. No. You can just see a field with potential. Right. But it was foggy five days in a fucking row. Foggy, foggy, foggy. Fuck, I was so fucking lost. I'm like, what the fuck am I doing here? You can roll down the window, stop on a foggy road, and listen. But when it's foggy, they don't make much noise even. <laughs> it was fucking horrible. Yeah, but it. But once I learned the pro, you know, and learned what it is. Well, now I know that if it's a foggy day, I know where I can go. I, I've got areas that I can go hunt, and yeah, that's, a, that's all about that's, the time you have in it. You know, well, that, yeah. the experience has got a long way to go. Yeah. But when I went up there at first, I didn't have all that twenty-five years experience I had in Texas under my belt. Didn't do yeah. me any fucking good. Right. Well, it's just so different. It is. Yeah. So and, different. And it's it's a learning curve. But that's why I tell every guy that's gets that tell and, and man, everybody you you see them all the time. I seen two last week. I'm like, who the fuck are these guys? And I look up there, I'm thinking, they're hunting in the same fucking area. There ain't that many fucking birds where they're at. And I'm thinking, what are they telling these people? You know, well, how can you sell somebody a hunt over someone that's been in business a long time? What are you going to tell what, them? I think what gets me too, and, so, and you've dealt with it too, but the amount of outfits that will pretend they're another outfit because they know the outfit they work for doesn't have a good reputation to get oh, permission to do something. Yes. There's so much deceitfulness that goes on it and landowners that, you know, never get paid for stuff that run it for a good guy, you know. One of my good friends in Oklahoma called me the other day. He's a farmer. He's like, this guy keeps calling me all the time. And now he's got this other guy calling me and another guy. Three different guys have called about the same shit. You know, and he goes, I, how are you fucking with them? You know, they're not going to. They're, 
they, they, they're comfortable. They know what they have. They know what they're dealing with. And it's, it's professionalism and just being, getting along. And, right. But these, these guys that start these new deals, it just it shocks me every day I see one of them. Because I remember when I started my business, I was embarrassed the first time I went to a hunting show because I didn't feel like I was worthy of being in there selling hunts. Well, I didn't have the press shirts and all the good. Have you things. seen the people in them now? <laughs> oh, yeah. It was, uh, you, you went to the trophy hunters, didn't you? I did. That's right, because we talked about Starbucks. Fuckers, I can't believe they're closing the evening. Anyways, I was me and Michelle left the, the Omni Hotel, walked downstairs across the street, paid to get into the Trophy Hunter Show. First time I've ever done that in my life. Twenty four bucks for two of us. Right. We were back at our hotel room in an hour after walking down every aisle. Yeah. I didn't even have anybody to stop and visit with hardly. No. Well, I think COVID messed with that a bunch. You know, every, I think a lot of people like yourself went over there. You know, last year you didn't do anything. You weren't sure you were going to do it in 2020. Anyways. I wouldn't. Do, I wouldn't do in 2020. We were done. Right. Well, that's what I mean. Like there, there's no good. That there's tire kick. There's people who just don't have anything to do on Saturday. That's why they're in there. There's nobody in there spending money. I mean, I'm not saying that you don't. Was get it a crowded bit. when y'all were there? Not really. There was nobody in there, and we were there at 3:30 in the afternoon. Yeah. It was dead. Yeah. There's. It's not. It's not what it used to be. I mean, social media has changed things. Online shopping has changed things. I mean, your podcast has changed things. You don't need to go to stuff like that. No, I. I we wasn't going to go. But I wanted to be – I'm as nosy. I told Michelle, I don't like to miss out on anything. I don't. And so I wanted to see what was there. So I'm thinking, you know what? If this fucker's packed and I got the shit back again, I may want to come do this next year just to be here. Because I don't want to lose out on somebody that would have done something with me and they thought, well, fuck, they're not here, but we'll book with this guy. Yeah. Well, I can tell you this. I don't think there'll be another Trophy Hunter show. There will. There's, I don't think so. I think they're going to – Dude. Gonna, it's going to be – they're going to have to – they're just gonna get they're cheaper. They're gonna just keep fucking throwing money at it. Yeah. Well, there's I, I don't think so. there's they there was not four outfitters there. That they they were getting. Waterfowl. I do know talking to somebody there that a lot of them guys were getting double the space for the price right. of what it used to be. You know, I gave them some advice, and I damn sure am not an expert on anything. <clears throat> but I, but this is the advice I gave them because they called and talked to me about stuff. And I told them I said, "What you need to do, you need to pick thirty outfitters." that are within a couple hundred miles of the Metroplex or, or anywhere in Texas or Oklahoma for that matter. That's really what you need to do. And I said, you need to give them a booth. Well, why would we do that? Well, I'll tell you why you do that. If you take an outfitter like me and you give me a booth, first of all, I'm not going to go if you give me a booth. But if we go to a hunting show, time we get through there and we eat out and I get three hotel rooms at the Omni for three nights, we're going to spend four to $5,000. Well, we went to Michigan. That same fucking amount of money we spent in Michigan on vacation. Right. So I'd rather take my family and go do shit. Yeah, but I told him, worth? I said, if you give 30 outfitters a booth, a 10 by 10 booth, and you got tons of booths in there because fucking half the third of that thing was empty anyways, those people are going to have 20 to 30 people come down, groups of guys. They're going to come down just to visit with them. Yep. I could put send out a group email or something to my clients and say, hey, we're going to be at the Trophy Hunters booth 1064. Come down and see us, blah, 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 blah. We're going to have people come down and see us. And they're going to visit. The other people that are buying beef jerkies, they're going to get more traffic, so they're going to be happier. Then you're going to get people that are going to come walking through there, and they're going to be, man, there's all kinds of outfitters here. Everybody's happy. But they don't want to give 30 booths away because they think they're losing out. Well, the booths they're giving, those people ain't coming back. Yeah. Uh, You know, you're like me. The only reason, I guess the only reason I really go is just to keep in touch with people that you know that hunt with you. I mean, you run into people that have hunted with you, and, you, you know, just PR, you know, you get along with everybody and just, I like to go visit and, 
I, don't, I doubt Justin Hill will ever do it again. Justin won't do it again. We talked about it on the way down. Roger was there, and I went by to see Roger, and he wasn't at his booth. And so I, I would have spoken and said hey to him for probably didn't end up talking 10 or 15 minutes. He wasn't there. Uh, he, or he wasn't in his booth. He had a booth there, and he's the only person I knew. There was a couple of outfitters, waterfowl guys I never heard of, which you don't mean shit. I don't know all of them. Right. But I didn't know anybody there. I saw a uh, – um, I didn't see one person that I, that I talked to normally. There's a bunch of outfitters that I've known for years that I usually see, and I thought I'd stop and visit with them. None of them were there. Right, right. There wasn't hardly any of the old-timers there, which we were the, old, the only – matter of fact – there's not anybody that was that, that doing booths that were that were there that had a booth running the same outfit that they did when I started. It was me and one other guy, and he doesn't have his own place no more. So that was it. I didn't know anybody from back in the old times. There's an old lady there. Her husband does fishing trips and shit, and she looks like she's 140, and she looked like she was 140 30 years ago when I started, <laughs> and I saw them there. And, and, and I don't know them. I know who they are, right. but that was it. There wasn't nobody... And it was fucking popcorn. Get your shoots, boots shined. I saw the kid that's uh, that's special. I don't know what, how how you say it. Where's the hat? Oh yeah, Michelle wanted me to get a picture made with him, and I didn't do it. I think people just find another way of doing business. Like you said, social media is such a big thing now. I mean, people don't go. Well, and when are you, trade when, shows even a thing anymore? Well, when you've built something up like you guys have, and like I like to think that I have, you you mean you don't need it. Yeah. You know, just no. word of mouth travels like wildfire. Uh, I was back back in the in the mid nineties when I first started going there. I would take my calendar and I would write a third of my business at the Trophy Hunter Show. I was swamped. I said all day, or we had a double booth, and I had a we had a, a, a like a bar top part on our booth, and I had a book, and I had a calendar there. And it was before iPads and all that other shit. I had a right. notebook, and I still have a notebook. I do everything I, I do goes in a computer and a notebook in case that computer ever crashes. I do, I've got, every, I do everything yeah. on a calendar, like yeah. a physical calendar. I, I, I don't write anything on a calendar no more, but I write it in a book. Yeah. But I've got a spiral. I looked at my deal the other day, and I was looking through my spirals from 1993. And I still have some customers from them. But anyways, I used to write a third of my business at the Texas Trophy Hunters. Yeah. And I would do Houston. I would do San Antonio and Fort Worth. And then I would come home. And I would print out an invoice, put an envelope, and send it to people. Didn't have emails. That's before emails were even around. Right. And 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 I did that. Well, then it started changing more. The first big change for the, the, the Texas hunting shows was when Bass Pro Shops opened. When they opened up their store in Dallas right. or in Fort Worth, Grapevine, whatever it is. When they opened up that store, people would go to the trophy hunters. And if the guy across from me was selling deer stands, he might have 10 deer stands in his booth. You know, people, and then he'd have a guy that worked for him, and all you would do is you'd buy for one up there, and he'd meet you in the trailer at the parking lots outside, and they were loading deer stands up. And then by the by, fucking Sunday morning, sometimes he didn't have he he his last ones were ones he was selling off the floor. He sold everything out. You right. could buy every anything that you wanted in the hunting deal. You could buy there, Mojo Doves, all that shit. Would and that sell was your out. only chance to buy. That it. was it. You didn't was have nowhere to go. You couldn't go to Bass Pro. Or yeah, because Bass Pro wasn't well, there. You had to on, order it. Online shopping wasn't a thing. No, right. no, no, no. You didn't. That's right. You buy Cabela's. I used to buy from Cabela's, and you could buy it uh, COD, mm-hmm. and you would pay the fucking UPS guy. 
and you'd write him a check for it, and he'd take it and fucking go back under. Or you'd pay him cash, and he'd shit. He'd ate that shit. <laughs> $964, you'd count him out, and he's like, oh, my That's shit. funny. Stop the bank, get a goddamn money order. You know, get, <laughs> but that was, that was norm back then. Right. Well, Bass Pro Chop changed a bunch of that. Then they would invite us, the, the manager of the store invited us, and we'd go to Bass Pro Shops. So we would go one weekend to Bass Pro Shops for the great outdoors. Then I would go to Fort Worth, the trophy hunter show. One year, I went to Bass Pro, and I sent Tony and Dad to Houston or San Antonio, the trophy hunters. We had two different shows. But that's how yeah. important hunting shows were back then. Right. Then the internet killed it for good, yeah. and now it's, See, it's and I never, I never saw it when the hunting shows were the thing. You know, oh. When I started, it was, you know, social yeah. media did it all. I mean, no, my, I can remember just as a kid, and, like, you you – be in the booth all day long, and you'd want a fucking hot dog or something. So we would bring snacks, but you'd, you'd want something from the concession stand. It'd take you 10 minutes to get to the fucking concession stand. You're fighting people, and, like, you're yeah. a little shit, and you're well, weaving the, in and out of people. For a very, very, very half-ass hot dog. Yes, yes. Or, <laughs> yeah. like, God forbid you had to take a piss, and it was urgent, because, like, it's 10, 15-minute yeah. hike, and you're weaving in and out of people, and it was shoulder to shoulder. Jeff would have to bring people in the booth, because they would just get washed away. If they were outside the booth talking in the aisle... They would just get pushed down. Yeah. So, like, he would have to physically drag them in the booth if he wanted to talk to anybody. We, we, and that's why we started doing a double booth. We just did the 10 by 10 well, booth. That way you could pull somebody that in and visit with them. Then we'd do a, a double booth, and one booth would be open except for our chairs and shit where my family right. and everybody sat, and I could pull people in there and do business with people. Right, talk but, to them. Yeah. But it was that busy there, and it would just push. And, and it's funny when I would talk to the people, the, the lady from Texas Trophy Hunters, the last, three or four years ago when I had the conversation about, you've got to do something if you want to get people in here. Because when you tell these vendors – Oh yeah, we're sold out, and we we don't we, we don't we it's a waiting line to get in here. You're lying to people because then when they go to show and they see that you don't have, you know, it's not a sold out show, right? Because when it's easy to get people when you come in, you think, hey, there's going to be a thousand exhibitors here. There's going to be some people come through the doors, but then when you get there and there's six hundred people and they've given everybody double boost or spread made the aisles wider. Did and, you, and I would tell him, I'd say, this ain't nothing like it used to be. Oh, we had the biggest crowd we've ever had. Did you, Bullshit. Did you go to that uh, deal at Texas Motor Speedway this year? No, we were, we're in gone. Michigan. Let me tell you something. That deal right there is going to blow up big time. I think so. Yeah, it was it was massive. And for it to be 100 degrees outside and people show up like went through that deal because it was hot. And there was a lot of people We're, we're going to we're gonna go next year and we'll be with it, Boss or Pacific. It and, will, you, well, I'm not getting a booth, though. Because I, I, we can sell my hunts anyways. No, I don't mean for that. I mean for your podcast. I'm no, just no, talking we're going to go and do podcasts. Yeah. What, uh, why do you think it's going to blow up? Just because they had so much there the for first, everybody? It's the first year they've ever done it, and they just had some really cool stuff. I mean, they had they had, they had brought in some big pools. Uh, somebody had told me that, well, they had a shooting range out there. They, yeah, they right. went and dumped dirt and built berms inside the track for people to shoot. But, Demo guy. Couldn't it's, you like, it's drive not, uh, like a dirt? You could do anything. But it's not the first time they've done it. They used to do that same show in Phoenix. Or, or not Phoenix. Well, this is in, the first one in Fort Worth. No, it's the second one. They did one at Gaylord a couple of years ago, but it was inside. This one, that, this one here was designed the way they used to do the DU Great Outdoors events is what they call mm -hmm. it. They used to do one in Oshkosh, Wisconsin, and they did one in Memphis because I've been to Memphis. Well, they had food They had food vendors. I mean, there was yeah. ta taco trucks and concerts. And, there was just, you know, right. Polaris was out there and had 45 ATVs outside in the – duck calling competition and all that. I mean, it was huge. And if, if they could figure out a good time, of course, you know, you got your hard turkey hunters, but right. if they could figure out a good time to do it when it's not June, I mean, it was hot. You know what they're dealing with, though? In June, if you do it in June, first go, they got the race, so you can't do yeah. it in the race time. But if they do it to June, 
they've taken the chances of thunderstorms out as much as if you do it in April right. or May. That's why that's we're, we would have been there. We had we had already planned our vacation, and we got asked by both Pacific and Boss both, "Hey, y'all come out, come up and do a podcast with us." We're gonna be out of town. And the year, the two years ago when they did it at the Gaylord, it was a big bust. And I was like, I don't know. I ain't gonna this do one, but I heard it was really good. It really was. And I just, like I said, it's something about something says something about your show if it's as hot as it is and people. I mean, there's a lot of people there. Right? We're, we're going to be there next year. I don't. We, I don't see us having a booth. I wouldn't. I wouldn't have a booth there either. But but we're going to be. Cool we're we're going to go with Boss or Pacific and do podcast and mm-hmm. the Lucky Duck. All of our sponsors were there. Doing, Dirty Duck was there. Mm-hmm. They all done real good. So we we won't have. We're going to be there, but. It was probably a lot like the the weirdest, the wildest stuff I ever seen was back when Bass Pro did their outdoor events, and there wasn't a Cabela's; it was just one Bass Pro at, right. at Grapevine. And we went to that the first year we did it, and the way the merchandise they would sell, they would bring out a pallet, let's say of shotgun shells, three dollars a box, thirty dollars a case, and you would watch that pallet would fucking disappear in fifteen minutes. And then they'd bring out another pallet of shit, and then another pallet of shit. I would kill for pallet. three dollar a box shotgun shells. <laughs> I just bought ten cases for ten dollars a box. Yeah, I I bought fifty cases of uh, lead shot because I mean, we use Apex for the steel shot. But I bought fifty cases of lead shot for eighty nine fifty a case. I think. Do you supply the ammo for your guys? Or I do during waterfowl season. During what? But not yeah. during. Correct. Fuck, yeah. they each eat your lunch during dove season. Yeah, so yeah, they can buy them from me, so I have them available. But right. they're included in the hunt cost if they come waterfowl hunt with me. Right. Yeah. So you mentioned something earlier that you. You you separated from another outfitter. What made you do that? Did you see the potential in your area for a, a second outfit, or what was the decision? Honestly, I think it. Honestly, I think it's a, a lot of being just young and dumb, which I'm glad I took the leap now. But I would I wasn't happy with where I was, and and the uh, I mean the people were great, but I wasn't happy with the money, and you know it just it was a small outfit at the time. It hadn't really done much, and you know I found myself hunting a lot of stuff that. I could hunt without that person, you know. So when you you see yourself padding somebody else's bank account, you you kind of rethink things like, man, I could do this myself, you know. Mm-hmm. And it took a while to 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 get up there, you know. Were you nervous? Yeah, I mean, there's a lot of risk in that. Oh, you know, yeah. you well, one, you're pissing off somebody that you care about, mm-hmm. uh, who I'm, you know, close to still. Or now, it took a few years, but we we both come around. <laughs> so you you know you make him mad, and then you know there's money and all kinds of stuff involved and. You know, always the risk of, does someone want to come hunt with me? Did they have fun? You know, all that stuff. Right. Stuff that's dwindled slowly as I've, you know, gotten older. How long does that bridge take to mend? About three seasons. Really? Yeah. That long? About three or four seasons probably. And it and it just mended because, you know, capitalism. You go, you know, there was, there was some something he needed and maybe something that I wanted. And mm-hmm. finally just picked up the phone and he was like, listen, dude, like, there's no way this is going to work if we keep going at each other's throats because we're bidding everything up and fighting over this and fighting over that. You know, I was like, that's cool, man. Just, you know, $50 a gun, you can go hunt them tomorrow. And we've had that relationship ever since. Yeah. You know. Taking that first step's always hard because you're like, well, you don't want to be the first person, right? That's the problem. He's pissed at me. I'm pissed at him. Yeah. And then you get like three or four years down the line, you're like, I think I know what we're still pissed at, pissed off at each other for, but I'm not entirely sure. And then you see each other on the road, and you're like, yeah. flipping but, each other off. Yeah. And I think that I think there's a sense of respect after a little while once somebody knows you're gonna. Right. I had something to prove because whenever I parted that deal, I was told that it would never work. Mm-hmm. And so, I mean, I've had I've had a fire under my rear for a while, you know. Shit, if I. If I quit anything I wanted to do because I was told it wouldn't work, 
or if I never went back to a place I got thrown out of, if I got it, I'd never were nowhere to go and that's nothing to do. Yeah, that's that stuff motivates me, and and the you know, the noise motivates me. I like it, you know. I don't like to partake in it, but I like to hear it because it motivates me. We uh, we went through some of those learning curves and growing up shit long, long, long time ago. We almost got into some full blown or full blown fist fights back in the day, even. There's some people that would do that now. Well, there I'm was not, I'm not one of those. No there more. was an uh, there was an outfitter that we both know of that uh. Young kid, he's not not a real tall guy. He's kind of small, and uh, he showed up at my driveway one day over something. Oof! Like just banging on what? the door or what? Hey, that could be a couple different people. There's some outfit owners. There's a few. There's a few short guys. <laughs> he uh, fired up. Huh? Well, yeah. <laughs> I bet you. I guarantee you that me and you are not thinking of the same person right now. Yeah, we are too. I, don't I bet say. we're not. Yeah, because you told me about it. Regardless, uh, uh, people get feisty over stuff like that. It's not worth a fist fight to me. I had never had nobody come to my house. We always had a fucking bruiser though. Somebody was going to whoop us. They was gonna, Tony was going to fight him first. They always kind of Tony it was pushed a, some guys down. I mean, he physically pushed a guy one time. It was a simple talk, you know. You just come with the approach that you know, hey, you know that when you show up at somebody's house, Are that you, you're actually wanting to get your ass whooped, that's, right? That's a whole different level of shit right there when you so get it's one thing, out. yeah, I mean, they figure out where I live, all, I mean, that's right. that's borderline crazy, you know. I don't, I can't imagine, I got flipped off by a young guy a couple of years ago in Oklahoma, um, and I had a guy get real disrespectful to me on the side of the road one time, a young guy. I've had that, I've had that three times in the last couple of years, I'm like, what the fuck, you really think I'm going to, first of all, I'm not going to lose a war of words with you if you want to talk. Now, I'm not going to fight you, I'm too old for that shit. Yeah, I might shoot your ass. Well, I would say even since then, you know, we've we've all we've all got along since then, and we've gotten mad at each other since then. It's just the name of the game, you know. I ain't got anything bad against the dude, but back and forth all the time, you know, it's always something. You know, some you know somebody thinks they got this or they own this, or the, the greatest thing are the people that thinks that they they just own the countryside because their mom's dad's cousin's uncle said they could hunt one day. Yeah, that. What floors me is the guy that got permission three years ago that thinks he's got it for the rest of the, And then the farmer is like, what the hell? They're not supposed to be here. I, three years ago, they, they, I let them hunt once. And they think they got at least forever. My best advice to those young guys is you can take care of what's right here around you. Yeah. Take care of the shit that you control. Try to get along with people, and you're a whole lot better off. I mean, you are. Fighting and arguing. and First of all, it's so unprofessional to let your client see that you're having some issues with another outfitter. Yeah. I don't care who it is. It just it doesn't look good. And I've been on that side of the deal. I've been on both sides of the coin. I've been on the side where – now, I've never been somewhere we weren't didn't have permission to go. We got – we we went to a field one time somebody else was set up in that we had permission to hunt on, and so did he from two different members of the same family. I've never run into that problem. We, we, we did, and we left because I wasn't going to call someone at 4 o'clock in the morning. Right. I'm not calling my farmers. Now, the stuff I got here in, in Knox and Haskell County, if you're out there at 4 o'clock in the morning, my ass ain't budging. I'm not calling them. I'm calling the game warden because I know what the laws are and the rules are. Not the law. I just know what's mine and what's not. But I've never had a problem. Andy rolled up on some kids going to hunt our stuff last year. Yeah. That kid didn't, wasn't doing it on purpose. He thought he was at the he right got, spot. Yeah, he got his wires crossed on where he was. Yeah. So. Now, and in the morning at 4 o'clock in the morning or 4.30, if we'd have went out there and Andy had called me at 4.30 and said, or five, and said, hey, there's somebody sitting up out here. I'd fucking run them off. And we would have. 
say, hey, you can't be here. This is ours. We've had at least for 27 years or whatever it is, and you got to go. Um, there's some people that will get in full-blown fistfights over stuff like that. Well, they would have really fucked up if they'd have done that. Because th- there's there's two sets of S-curves kind of where we hunt, and they had gone too far, or they maybe they came in from another way and crossed an S-curve. So they were where they thought they needed to be. But well, that's in, everybody's in excuse. Yeah, no, they they they, they really because they even know the farmer's name that had the field. Right. They were supposed to be a mile away on. And the field that they were looking at was at an S curve, but it wasn't at the they, right S. They legitimately, I don't think, were trying to do anything wrong. And then the guy asked Andy, "Well, how do y'all get on these places?" Well, we fucking been doing it for. We've been we've had the same lease for. But they were going to be set up had I not yeah. approached them, and they would have really been be upset in the morning. They were going to be right. there the next morning, right? And they would have been really upset because I'm not one of those ones that's going to say I'm going to say, "Hey, you got to go." Now, even even our stuff in Oklahoma, 99% of it, well, every bit of it would, that we have now in Oklahoma, I would be like, hey, I'm not calling the guy at 4 o'clock. Can you get your shit and go? Or I'm going to call the game board, you know? I'm yeah. not I'm not going to. Well, that's a perk to, like I was saying earlier, just having everything leased. You know, just the, the day rate thing, you didn't, you just oh. open yourself up to conflict like that, you know? Because I got something in writing, you know, that I keep with me all the time, whether it be a text message or a note in my phone. Like, I got PDFs of contracts and everything. It's like, dude. Like leave. Well, you know what's really good out here that we deal with in Texas is is that there's three outfitters right here where we hunt, and I talk to I know we we all know what we're doing every day. I mean, and I'm kind of the liaison between the other two guys, but I talk to their guide or to the guy that owns it. Then I talk to Justin all the time, and I'd be like, "Hey, they're hunting here, we're hunting here," you know, so everybody knows. And it just and one of the things is it's not we're all being nosy. It just makes us make it easier decisions. You know, they're going to hunt. You know, a mile down the birds are coming from that way, and they're going to be in front of us. I mean, there's there's different things. You know how the variables that go with that. But knowing and communicating makes things a whole lot better. Yeah, I've collabed before. Yeah, you know, shown up and just been like, hey, I know that I know that, that you know the birds aren't using this field, and you know I'm trying to hunt right here. So you only got six people. Like, just come join us and let's kill them and. It works Call a lot better good. that way. There's a lot of people that will not do that, though. Yeah. But I'm going to tell you what, in Oklahoma, there's no telling who the fuck's going to show up somewhere because it's gotten to be such a <clears> – and I think it's the whole state of Oklahoma has just turned into – if you you know, we got season places that we have that nobody else hunts on and nobody else is going to be around them. But them places that are up for grabs that guys are day leasing to everybody, fuck, there's liable to be 15 different guys in 15 different fields. Last year we hunted a field down there. That there was fucking three different groups hunting within a mile of us wanting us to hunt because we let it set for a couple of days, just because they needed a place to hunt, because there wasn't nowhere. There's the, the birds were limited anyways, mm-hmm. and it's just it's gotten to be, and now there's they're adding a bunch more outfitters. I'm like, where the fuck do you think you're going to hunt these? Well, birds? not only is it a bunch of outfitters, a bunch of outfitters that want to daily, like you're talking about, because yes. they don't want to risk losing no, any money. They don't want to. They don't want to tie nothing up, and it's it's they better hope there's some winner. What's bad is I've noticed a couple of the outfitters now are spinoffs of one other outfitter. So they work for them, and now they want to do their own thing. And I don't blame them for doing that anyway. So I mean, that, was, scouting that, and that shit. was me at one point. Yeah. <laughs> but they're hunting the same piece of properties that everybody else did for. Yeah. So it's going to be a real cluster this year. There's, yeah, there's some stuff around which it all happening like that, too. So Mike's dealing with, but who knows? You know, they come and go. They always do. People from Dallas will come over for a while to figure out that, you know, well, I, roll, I roll up on people scouting my stuff all the time, but they don't ever, you know. Right. That's the nice thing about leasing everything. You go home, you go to bed, you wake up, you know it's yours. You know that, you know, pull over and look at them all you want, but you're not going to touch them. Oklahoma, we see that a lot. 
and we're we're doing mostly duck hunts in Oklahoma. We're goose hunting too, but we've got. If you want, I've still got some duck hunts. If you want to shoot some ducks in December, I've got some weekdays open because we got twenty eight ponds to hunt up there. We got lots of duck hunting, and that's what we're going to do is a lot of morning duck hunts. But I talk to like out here, we don't see anybody else. If we see somebody here, it's a big thing. But it just who's that guy scout? Because there, there's nowhere to go out here. You're not getting on anywhere in Knox and yeah. Haskell. So if you're not if you if you're not one of three of us, you can't hunt anywhere. So we'll see a truck and one of the other outfits be, hey, do you know who's driving a blue, you know, Silverado with Colorado tags, blah, blah, blah. Someone that's obviously not going to be happy come the next couple of days. They're going to drive around a lot and figure they got to go somewhere else. Yeah. Well, I think that's just, you know, I've known since I was a little boy that this is like untouchable ground over here. I've never come over here to do anything, you know. You can't get on nowhere. No, I know. And it's been that way for 30 years. Yeah. You know, we were the first piece of people to lease anything, season lease stuff. And we did that. Well, and people people know that too. It's the same thing that's you know happening around Wichita. People are figuring it out. You know, people yeah. are going to come over and they're going to try and they're going to be unsuccessful and they're going to move on. I had a guy from Dallas call me. Go to Oklahoma. Last hunting season, he goes, "Hey, <laughs> he goes, I, I know we can't get on anywhere out there. Do you, you know, can we get on at Wichita?" I said, "You're not going to get on anywhere out there. Where would you go?" I said, "My aunt, my best advice is go somewhere up in the Panhandle, somewhere around Childress." Clarendon before you're going to need any outfitters and you might find a place to get on. And now there's some guys hunting up there now, but I said, that's where you're going to have to go. I wouldn't go to Oklahoma because fucking it's a, if, if, the, if there's a good place to hunt in Oklahoma, there's going to be 15 fucking people trying to get on that place yeah. or it's season lease like the shit we have. Right. Go to Eastern Colorado. I told a guy the other day, I said, if you guys like, I can go hunt. A guy just the other day called me. He said, I've got 10 days. Me and my buddies are going to go on a road trip to hunt. Where would you go to? I said, I would go to fucking Wyoming or Idaho. Get out of here. I said, if you're going to drive, what's the difference in another day's driving? You know, right. if you got 10 days, hunt nine days, but go fucking another day further away. Because you can get on places to hunt, maybe. You, know, you draw a circle around Knox City 300 miles every direction, and you're going to have a tough time. You are. That's exactly right. Until you get up to eastern Colorado. And it may be the same in Colorado. I don't know. I always tell people, go where there's not a big city anywhere around. Right, because if you get within a hundred miles, but like Oklahoma City, how do you really think you're going to get on a field within fifty miles of Oklahoma City? Too many people in Oklahoma City hunt on their own. Yeah, well, and a lot of those farmers up there like to goose hunt too. Yeah, and where, where are you going to duck hunt in East Texas? That's a hidden jewel, unless it's public land. Yeah, there's some public over there that I know about. But I mean, other than public, you're not going to get anything private to hunt. Yeah. I know some buddies that hunt public over there. I personally have never hunted public land one time in my entire life. We have a couple of times on some places, but not very much. I watched, before we get off here, I watched uh, Chef Jean Paul's, his mm-hmm. stuff again. That's yeah. a great series. It is. Real good. He's done He's done very well with that. That is a Real really, successful. really good series. Um, it's got a, it does have a Bourdain, but it's got, it's got a Netflix type series to it where you would watch it on Netflix. Right. Kind of like that, uh, I mean, I know he didn't like it, but the barbecue show. Yeah, same type of stuff, just a really neat deal. And I, I have really, really enjoyed that series. And they're short enough where you can, like, burn through them. Yes. 15, 20 minutes isn't bad. Yep. It was a good show. Well, Rustin, I appreciate you being on here. I know yeah, thanks for having out. me. You I enjoyed things, it. You got things to do. Bigger fish to fry than hanging out with the Stanfield family. Uh, back to the normal business, I guess. Well, I wish you We've the, only got uh, about two weeks now. Yeah, no, I'm excited. I wish I'm ready you to get it rolling. I wish you the best dove season. I know as the king. It. As the king. <laughs> you don't have any problem doing that, but. He doesn't. He doesn't like that, Jeff. That's all right. You know me. If I don't, if you know, if I know it makes you uncomfortable or something, <laughs> yeah, we'll be, all, be all over jump that all shit. Jump all over it. Yeah. Anyways, I wish you the best. 
Appreciate it. And I appreciate your friendship and look forward to another great season. Yeah, thank you. Hopefully everybody makes it through and has a safe hunting season. Safe, wonderful year. Everyone. All right, everybody, thank you all for listening. Seriously, if, you, if you're if looking for some duck hunting dates, I've got some stuff in December in Oklahoma available. Uh, thank you. God bless you. Have a great weekend. If all the guys banging the birds up north on the conservation se- or not the conservation, the early bird nuisance season, be safe. God bless you. Take care. Check out all of our wonderful sponsors. Check out Dirty Duck Coffee, Lucky Duck, Boss Shot Shells, Dive Bomb Industries, Pacific Calls, Shin Gear Waiters, Looking Glass Duck Club Podcast, Gun Dog Outdoors, Goose Creek Retrievers, Bangtail, Whiskey, Eyesight Drone Service. And like Jeff said, we got a couple dates available. Call us, Stanford Hunt Outfitters. <laughs>